Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. Welcome to episode number 36 of The Third Power. This is your co-host, Anthony Avatola, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Usman Jamil, the excited one. I am very excited. You can tell. He even <laughs> just told you guys he's excited. I am very excited. <laughs> he is very excited. Not as excited as Excite Bike, but... That's well, pretty hard to be excited as Excite Bike. I know. It is pretty exciting. Especially <laughs> when you hit the little fast ones. You're like, woo! You can't save, though. Oh, God, I'm so amused by that game. That I'm game. like, try to play it now, I'm like, uh, 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 uh. Mental note, play Excite Bike after the podcast is done. Right. <laughs> yes, for sure, some Excite Bike. All right, well, we're here today. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, a little bit of retrospective. It was one of our uh, listeners' ideas to kind of go back and, and take a retrospective and see... Uh, where, you know, take a look at old sets and see uh, how right we were, how wrong we were. And we figured since uh, our pilot episode was uh, Scars of Mirrodin, we'd already been talking about some of that stuff that was the first set, we figured we would go back to that Scars of Mirrodin block and take a look at the three sets and see what's good, see what's bad, see what's ugly, and, and see what really surprised us. Do you remember who did it, like who did the recommendation? Wasn't it somebody from, from Germany or something? Think Magic uh, Jeff, maybe? I believe so. All right. I, that sounds correct to me. But uh, then again, I, my memory's not what it used to be. But you know what? I want to see if I can find out. Sweet. <laughs> so, of course, you know, like uh, like every episode, we're going to start the this this episode with a crack-a-pack. And yeah, and uh, as it turns out, remember, like, it seems like in every episode I'm apparently dissecting my cube and, like, doing updates or whatever, and mm-hmm. today was no exception. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> so what we're going to do is, like, I don't know, I guess we've never actually, I don't know if we've ever talked about when people do the whole, like, when they're making packs, do X of each, like, two red. Uh, what I'm going to do for this one is two for each color and then five of the miscellaneous, and I guess I could briefly soapbox and why I don't really like it. It just makes signaling kind of a joke. That's my right. Super easy to signal. Um, and this was something I had heard from uh, a while ago. I think it was... I'm trying to think it was, it was in Charlotte. It might have been the first Invitational in Charlotte. I had gone out to dinner with a bunch of people, including uh, Sam Black. And uh, we got into a conversation about Cube, and he mentioned that his idea of cubing is to basically make every single pack exactly balanced. So two of each color, a set amount of lands, a set amount of artifacts, a set amount of multicolors, like one from each, like, you know, I, I don't remember exactly how many of each pair, but I uh, I don't do that. No. It's, that. I remember I did a cube league where it did that, and, like, signaling was pretty much a joke. Granted, I always forced five-color control, so I don't know how much it really matters. <laughs> well, yeah. well, this guy's <laughs> taking a blue card. I was like, 
sort the card out. It's one of the few times that I would actually look at the pack and be like, okay, there's a blue card missing. Like, oh, there's a no, uh, nobody's taking red. And granted, you you can notice that anyway, but but mm-hmm. the, and then it was super easy. So we'll do it like that because I don't know. I'd rather do it this way. Sure. So um, you got the you got type. You got spreadsheet. That I can do. I right. uh, have the ability to type. Has the ability to type. Okay, card one. Uh, Manic Vandal. All right. Card number two. Just another manic vandal. Whoa, whoa. It's not... It's not... Elvish. What's that? Oh, guy again. Brittian Shaman? It's not Brittian Shaman, though. <laughs> nor Kelvin Vandals. Yeah. It doesn't even have Echo. It's just another manic vandal. I have that... I have a Japanese one in my cube. And, like, it seems like... It's one of the more frequently asked, like, what does this card do questions. Like, oh, what does this card do? And it's just kind of surprising because it's pretty basic. It's like, comes into play, destroys an artifact, but nobody replays it in any format, so maybe that's why. Yeah, likely. Everyone sex- knows the, uh, everyone knows the top of orangutan. Yeah, the sex monkeys. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as you catch it, you go, <laughs> Yeah, that art is, oh boy. Oh boy. Second uh, card, Siege Gang Commander. Siege Gang Commander. Okay, and let's see, what is this here? Oh, that's red. All right, so I'm doing two from each, so that's the red. Uh, Green, uh, bribery. Bribery. Yep. And what is this one here? Phantasmal image. Image. Ooh, foreshadowing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Geyer stage. Interesting. I didn't realize you were running that guy. Uh, I am, but it's probably not going to be fun. I don't know how long it's going to be for. All right, fair enough. I don't know. It's not bad. Uh, Woodfall Primus. Woodfall Femus. Through Famous Femus. Famous Primus. Hang on. Number whatever. Bloodgast. And, oh. Uh, skin Render. Rend some skin. Another, I guess it's pretty apt because it's a Scars of Mirrodin card. Uh, Cloud Goat Ranger. Cloud Goat Ranger. <laughs> the stars in his eyes. Uh, Mirror Entity. And then five miscellaneous cards. Stride uh, Militant. Okay. Sword of War and Peace. Hello there. Yep. Uh. Hmm. Strip Mine. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Pernicious. <laughs> Pernicious Deed. And the last card. Let's see. Dramatic things. Uh, Tundra. Oh. oh, I thought you were going to say dramatic rescue. I was about to reach through there and slap, <laughs> slap the ground off of you. Like, dramatic. Sorry, wrong, wrong cube. I got it for my popper cube. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dramatic rescue. <laughs> What's going on? going to need a dramatic rescue. <laughs> so. That was okay. Pretty, that's pretty interesting. So about this pack. Um, you could very easily just take sort of Warm Beast. I feel like, or you can take Strip Mine. Yeah, or Strip Mine. Or you can take Tundra. Well, I don't know. Like, bribery is certainly a thing, but they commit me to color. Right, like, bribery is awesome. Like, it's certainly not as good as it was, you know, five years ago or whatever, but I, I feel like Tundra is almost more important to, like, the blue control deck than bribery is. True that. So... True that, Honestly, I probably just uh, gun one of the lands or the Sword of War and Peace here, depending on my mood. Uh, strip Mine is very powerful. Um, so I, as of right now, I feel like that's a really fun card, so maybe I would take that one. Yeah, I think, I don't know, like, I think I'm feeling like Sword. But, I don't know, I, could, I think it's for me between Strip Mine and Sword. Just kind of, again, kind of telling for this episode. <laughs> All about sure. artifacts and non-color things, but yeah, I think I, I think I like sword maybe a little better. Yeah. Sword's uh, a fine man. Not not a lot else like manic vandals just kind of doing nothing in that pack. Yeah, like for example, like if you take the strip mine, there's a lot of cards you can come back to in this pack. You can come back to you know blood gas. You can come back to militant. You can come back to uh, phantasmal. Poss- phantasmal may not wheel. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how big the, the draft is. Yeah. Um, and how many, you know, how, how much people like certain, uh, certain archetypes. Like, alternatively, you could just try to, like, woodfall Themis and try to just jam the, uh, ramp deck and mm-hmm. assume you're gonna get the, uh, Gyre Sage on the, uh, wheel. Mm-hmm. Get some Euros. I was called Euro Sage. Right. I can't. I, I, would, I would pronounce it gyro sage, but you know it's not really. Not, you know, not a gyro or gyro. gyro? No, not gyro. <laughs> like what is this? A hero? Euro. A hero? No, no, hero, <laughs> hero. What are you talking about? Stop harassing me. Hero, hero. Stop it. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, think. I think it's between those two non-committal picks. I think I like, uh, I could probably, it depends on, yeah, what day you ask me. I could probably, I just feel like Sword, but, eh. Mm-hmm. Probably Strip Mine's probably the right pick. Sword, yeah. might, Sword might be the YOLO pick, who knows. Oh, God, don't even start. <laughs> I say that to people, like, when I'm making a bad pick, and it, like, annoys certain people so much. YOLO! Yeah. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to take this terrible card. Hope to, hope to God against like the odds that I'm gonna get it back, even though I probably shouldn't. And then you get it back, and it's like YOLO or something. It's right. so bad. We have people who shot YOLO ironically often when it comes to like things that require no risk at all. Just be oh, like, like YOLO and do it. Like uh, I'm going to uh, get a hey, I got YOLO. In the bathroom YOLO. <laughs> I like that. One. That makes even less sense. I like that. Right, right, right. It's just like the opposite. Yeah. It's ironic that way. 
All right, so yeah, so for me, I'm I'm thinking, you know, you could you could easily draft uh, the sword, the strip mine, the tundra, or the bribery, and probably not be too embarrassed. Yeah, there's a lot of nice stuff to wheel. I think out of that pack, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah I like run that plan of, hey, I'm going to do this and hopefully wheel something and game on. Mm-hmm. Like Primus could probably wheel. Probably. Depends on how many people. Like, six-person table, do you think it would wheel? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. So, uh, what else on the docket? I guess non-bad M13, M14 cards? Well, I have a uh, a shout-out here on our sheet, too. Oh, yeah. Somebody put it there. I, I don't know who. That's going to go. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'll cut that out. I'm waiting for you to shout it out. Oh, shout, oh. Shout out. Oh. Ah. <laughs> you have a shout out here. I was going to let you shout it out. And instead, oh. you, you awkward silenced it out. I awkward silenced it out. Okay. I guess I'll shout out to... No, no, uh, off silence. <laughs> shout out to, uh, to the Magic Box. They're a cute podcast. They uh, do live streaming of it on... Uh, on Twitch, I think it's twitch.tv slash ekamon, I think, E-C-K-A-M-O-N, yeah. Usually it starts when I'm at work, which is a little awkward for me. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, oh, uh, all right, hold on, I gotta, I gotta wait. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, here, so they usually, like, post episodes on, I think it's on MTG Cast also, but I usually just watch on Twitch, just because I like, I just like watching video a lot better than just the audio. And they do crack packs and, like, like, uh, scenarios, like, you're four packs in, and this is the pack you get, what do you take? Right. I mean, I, I, I dig anybody who's willing to put, like, some extra effort in to produce something, uh, for people to watch and people to see. So, I, I keep imagining the day when, you know, you can hook it up, like, uh, Joy of Cubing, Cranny Style, and actually, like, stream a cube draft and have, like, a commentary booth. Oh, that would be sweet. That yeah, would be speaking, really sweet. Speaking of which, you know, a good friend of mine just came in second at the Pro Tour. Oh, uh, Dusty. Yeah, Dusty Ochoa. He owns a store in Tucson, Arizona, uh, called Amazing Discoveries. He was actually my roommate for the first, uh, Pro Tour Hawaii. Uh, I won one of the Phoenix queues and he won the, uh, Tucson queue. And, uh, we both wound up going and we roomed together. Dusty's an awesome guy, uh, and he's actually putting the money basically right back into the store to make improvements for the store for his players and stuff, so. Whoa, what's he doing? Like, um, I know he was soliciting ideas, uh, but for sure, new tables and chairs, um, likely a new ping pong table and things like that for, uh, you know, other relaxation type things. Oh, nice. Uh, he also mentioned that he thought uh, having a camera, like, to be able to stream from his tournaments online, because he does, uh, like, they, I know they do feature match reporting a lot of times from their uh, larger events. So oh, nice. I try to set up a feature match area with, like, an overhead camera and possibly, like, a uh, a little area where people can go and do commentary. Yeah, there's a, another stream that does that. Uh, you know the guy's name is Zach? Zach Sells Magic? Sure. It's like some store in, like, West Virginia? I don't know. Some some non-Midwestern state. All right, there's a store out here, too, that has that set up, too. I, I believe it's... Uh, uh, one of the, I think it's the gaming pit here that has some area set up where they can they can do that as well, so... You nice. know, in the age of uh, everybody watching each other on the Internet, 
it's uh it's kind of a fun place to be and but Dusty's awesome people. Um it's kind of a beating that he got crushed in the finals, but uh we were very excited this past weekend at Nashville watching him. Uh he's a friend of both Adams and mine, so nice. uh I know he's not listening, but uh maybe some people who uh who do listen know Dusty and uh would be happy to hear it. So give a residual of give a say hey they uh, shouted you out or something. Yeah, and you know he, he said he has an online store and a you know brick and mortar store called Amazing Discoveries. Um, Dusty was always awesome about you know had great prices both buying and selling and you know I, I'm sure he's doing more more and more of that now. So because you know he had to find finally had to find another employee to watch the store for him when he went to the pro tour. Oh wow, that's true. Jeez. He basically, yeah, he basically bought that store right out of high school. Um, Whoa. Um, from a woman who was operating it and doing like a lot of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. And I think he he literally was like 18 or 19. Took a loan out of the bank, bought the store for like five grand, uh, uh, for like just like the. And it was a pretty bare store, uh, huh. and has been running it for like the past. Oh, I don't know. It might be 10 years now, uh, and has built it up into you know that's his job and. and that's what he's been doing, and, and he's done well at it. And huh. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Always a great guy. I used to do shows down in Tucson, so I used to crash at his house when I would have, like, a uh, a Friday night show and then a Saturday morning, like, Saturday afternoon matinee. I would just crash at his place and uh, and do my shows instead of driving the two hours back to Phoenix. So. Oh. So that's that the far? Good man. What's that? It's that far? Phoenix from Tucson? I didn't know it was that far. Yeah, it's like an it's about an hour forty five or so. I mean, especially if you have to deal with traffic. Also, you know, when you do a show and you're it's twelve o'clock at night when you're getting out, and then you have to drive home. Yeah, like no. Get up and drive right back. It's just like a biggest waste of time and gas ever. So <laughs> it's like nope. Right. Not doing yeah, that. Yes, so let's do a show another show, a little residual shout out on top of uh, the magic box, which by the way I think sounds very much like a euphemism. There I'll leave it at that. <laughs> we never make euphemisms ever. Nope. Never. Nope. <laughs> All right, so so big rules announcement recently. Yep. Uh-oh. The legend rule that changed it again. Now you yeah. know back in my day Back in my day when we played a legend it had to be the first one. Yeah, back in my day, man, if you uh I'm sure back in your day when you started, the first legend was the one who won. Yeah. So, if you had your Lin Civy in play first, all other Lin Civies that came afterwards bought it. Did they come into play and then die, or did they just not even come into play? Um, you know, I'm not sure. That's a great question that I just can't answer because I don't remember. God, Rebel, Rebel Mirrors must have been the worst. Oh, they were. Well, they were, basically what you had to do is you had to then go get your Rebel Informer and uh. put Civy on the bottom and then get your own. Wow, that's awful. But Lin Civy, well, you know, I think Lin Civy and Rebel Informer were both threes. Yeah, they were so both had threes. This, you know, so you had to, if they searched up one, then you searched up the other to then put it underneath. And so it was like a Mexican standoff or something, like Quentin Tarantino movie or something. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this because you'll do that or whatever, is like, like that. Right, or is right. it just, that sounds terrible. And like, then Rebel Informer was a black card that couldn't be targeted by white spells or effects. So you yeah. could Aralax wave out their informer. And did the white one do mercenaries? Yes. Jeez. This is... Ugh. 
Yeah, rebels were awesome because they actually chained up, but mercenaries were terrible because they chained down. I figured they would at least be somewhat cost efficient. You know, you would think they would be, but they really weren't either. And Lin Sibby was the one that was cost efficient, was just X, search for a guy that costs X. Yeah, it didn't have to chain up, it was just like X or right. whatever. Ugh. Right, because the one drop, you paid three to get a two. The two drop, you paid a four, four to, get, to a get a three. And there's Amory Scout also in Times Square, which is like a, a nod to it or whatever. Right. Well, that was awesome because you go got you got to go search for Bound in Silence. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I remember doing that. That that way, that guy. That's why that guy was so cool in, in the block because you're just like, all right, go get a free pacifism out of my deck. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, like, yeah, what so am I gonna get? Cool. What's that? I was like, what am I gonna get? Oh, Blight Speaker? Nope. Here's a pacifism. Because I'm bound in silence. <laughs> Hello, rebel, my old friend. <laughs> I'm to search for you again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I got some lyrics stored away somewhere, courtesy of one Adam Prozac. It's the Wooded Foothills, which, by the way, right. when I made that reference, he didn't say anything about it. <laughs> That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stomping ground or tiger for me. So... So the new legend rule basically says, the, it's like the old legend rule, the first legend rule, but it only applies to each individual player. So, except for that, you can basically choose to keep whichever copy you want. So if you play your, if you play your legendary, if you play your Geist of St. Traft, and then play another Geist of St. Traft, you can choose to keep either Geist of St. Traft, but you have to get rid of one of them. Yep. Yeah. And it basically works the same way with uh, Planeswalkers. Yeah, but if uh, your opponent plays one, you can both have one. So yeah, we both have. Everybody. We have every everybody gets a Garrick or a Planeswalker, uh, and I, I think I, it's interesting. By the way, did you notice that uh, you know how they have like pictures on the booster packs? Okay. There's a new Garrick picture. There is. Oh, well, yep. It's Bivy. So it either means either some Garrick is getting new art, or I guess maybe a new Garrick. Well, there's a new Chandra picture too, right? Yeah, and apparently it's not going to be terrible. Knock on wood. Well, then Nalar is pretty good for cube, but the others have just been not really. Yeah, I mean, I like the uh, I like the four drop one. Okay, the firebrand, the firebrand chili. Yeah, she she ain't bad. Yeah, every time I go to take her out, she does something really abusive. Like copy this plow under. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like man. <laughs> so. And so, and, and like I said, so now your all your clones can get your own copy of the guy without killing theirs. Mm-hmm. So, so that's certainly interesting. I mean, and that's the that's for our purposes. That's the cube interaction we're going to have because you're both not going to have dice of Saint Traff. You're no, going essentially someone. One person may have legends, and the other person's going to have a clone. Yeah. So your clone can't kill their Thrawn or Gita or whatever, or your or your Phantasm Phyrexian Metamorph can't kill their Gita or something. Right, which was another fun game to play back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you love GTA. Right, right, and, and as someone described to me, it's like an episode of Oprah, right? Mm-hmm. And a guy's for you, and a guy's for you, and a guy's for you, and a jitty jitty bang bang for you. <laughs> Legends for everybody. So like I said, our, our big thing is that it's going to, you know, it's going to affect clones, and it's going to affect cards like Jace that have multiple, or Garrick that have multiple versions. Do you think um, it makes blue slightly worse because it has, like, the lion's share of clones? Like, 
not a lot. It's not going to like, oh my god. Like, I remember somebody on the thread saying, I'm going to take Phantasmal Image and Phyrexian Metamorph out of my cube. And I was just like, I just facepalmed. I was like, no. <laughs> no. Why, would, why on earth would you do that? I don't know. I guess they were in shell shock or something. I was like, no. What are you doing? Hard hard to find. still dumb. Here's the thing. When they have a legend, then you get to have one, too. Yeah. So especially for things like, uh, for example, Elish Norn. Oh, yeah. You just get to, like, mitigate the effect of theirs. Oh, it would be really sick to, like, if they have a shieldred, and then you go Phantasmal Image, copy it, it's like, and that's their only creature. That would be kind of funny. Right. Like, you sack yours now. Yeah. I, my personal favorite interaction with all this is the uh, the show-and-tell mirror now. <laughs> like, you have to put an enchantment into play, or you might just die. Yeah, like, if you both Emrakul or something? I mean, even then, like... You they Emrakul. Like, right. Even if if they have Emrakul, you might just be dead. If, you, if you're just, like, putting a Grizzlebrand in the play or something. Like, you have to put something else in the play and attack them right away. Wow. But even so, like, let's say you put a, you're like, show and tell, and you're like, I got this here sneak attack, or this here uh, omniscience, and they're like, okay, well, I have Emrakul. If you don't have an Emrakul right away, you did. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you don't that have sounds- a little with it, like, right away, like, you can grizzle brand, I guess, and draw a bunch of cards and hope to get there. Mm-hmm. Good that boy. sounds, uh, yeah, that sounds awful. <laughs> I just, I just am waiting for the day, you know, that someone Kenny Maristyle gets it, Kenny Maristyle. Uh, uh, yeah. Hey, well, I, I gotta go for it. I don't know what they're playing. All they did was play, you know, a fetch land, show and tell, revealing Emrakul, and they're like, sweet Emrakul, my turn, kill you. <laughs> yeah, I guess like Caracas, like would they play yeah. Caracas main then? I guess. I don't yeah, know. Caracas is Caracas is big game now. Big like game. Crocus is game be better. Wow. Well, now your Crocus doesn't get wastelanded by their Crocus too. Yeah. Or I guess by Vesuva. Right. The decks. What is that? Like a seed other... Is that a deck? Like the the twelve posts with like prime type. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it still? Well, the thing you can do now though is you can uh, dark depths plus uh, oh, Thespian stage. stage. Yeah. And I know people are were like. Saying that might, the prices might spike, it probably will. I mean, Thespian Stage has only been a dollar for a long time. Like, yeah. I've actually been picking them up for the past two to three weeks whenever I see them, just because it's always going to be a casual card. It's always going to be played in EDH. It's always going to be wanted. So, like, for the dollar I trade for them, definitely getting way more than that in the future. Like, literally just stick them in a box and sit on them. So. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, they'll probably experience a... And, and, you know, I don't know if they have already experienced a little bit of a price hike. I'm sure they have, but... Probably. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, is it's, uh, it's a you know, effectively a two-card kill, both parts of which are uncounterable. Yeah, and that's pretty sick. So that's, uh, it's certainly a thing. So, yeah, they, they're up to a whopping $2. <laughs> but considering that they were 75 cents a month and a half ago... That's true. Dollar twenty-five, you know, last week. It's a pretty significant jump percentage-wise. So, so there you go. Nice. So there it is. So for cube, like that affects that. It'll affect some planeswalkers too. You yeah, know, like you can't see all their jays or whatever. Some jaces. 
Yeah. Up barracks. But it's not going to, like, it's not like an upheaval. It's not like, oh, my God, this is, this is so, so bad. <laughs> like, I guess it would probably have more of an effect on other format, like, I guess Commander it's going to do with it. It's going to oh, do something. Okay. I don't Commander is going to be bonkers with it. Yeah. I almost wonder if people are going to change the uh, rules now. Because, you know, it used to be like Commander Leagues, everyone would have, like, their own specific play. Like, no one, there wouldn't be any doubles allowed. Yeah, I'm guessing that, that probably definitely changes that, yeah. Like, this is going to go the way of the, uh, that's going to go the way of the Dodo Birds, so. Yeah. All right, so yeah, so there we are. Uh, Modern Masters coming up. Uh, how does it affect our? How does it affect the cube? Well, new art, new artwork. Boo. <laughs> uh, we're also going to see some uh, definitely an increase in numbers of some things. Uh, I still think expensive cards are going to be expensive. I know that sounds dumb, but like a lot of these super expensive cards are going to be mythic. So there's not going to be that many open. Now, while the thing it will help, and this is just my opinion, um, it won't necessarily help the price as much as you think, but the availability will go up. Yeah. You will start finding these cards. You know, think about it now. Like, when you go to your local shop or whatever, and you're like, man, I need a Tarmogoyf for my cube. Good luck. How many people in that store, other than possibly the store, are going to have an extra Tarmogoyf in their binder? Very few, right? Yeah. With this, with the fact that hopefully stores will have enough allocation that people are going to open packs, they'll probably run store drafts, like expensive store drafts, you actually have a chance now of finding them in people's binders. And I think those people might be people who are willing to trade them to you for type 2 things. You know, like the Voice of Resurgence, as we mentioned last week, which, by the way, are still hovering around $40 retail. How much are bonfires now? Like 15 Funny. Yeah, they're they're hanging around. Um, I mean, the car is starting to see some play again, um, so they're hanging around the fifteen dollar mark or so retail. Okay. Yeah, remember they were worth a ton. They were like fifty for a while. Yeah, they were forty or fifty. Yeah, because they were in every deck. And it's Jeez. just you know another part of that magic economy that you know supply and demand. So yeah. That's why you know for those of you who haven't gotten any Dragon's Mage stuff yet. People are already starting to forget about Dragon's Maze and already looking forward to uh, to M14 and Modern Masters. So, like, I don't know how long these packs are going to continue to be opened. Probably uh, not that long, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're already starting to spoil. We're already starting to see, you know, M14 cards. So, and Modern Masters is going to be for a lot of people is going to be a big uh, a big exciting thing. So, now certainly you will find some stuff that will move up or down in rarity. Looks like we've already seen Aether Vial move up in rarity from uncommon to rare. What? Nice. Uh, based on the uh, GatheringMagic.com spoiler, um, oh, you yeah. know, but a lot of the uh, candidates, typical candidates, are moving up to our mythic. So you know, Bob's a mythic. We know now, uh, Tarmogoyf's a mythic. Uh, another spoiled one today. Whether or not it's true or not, of course, you know, these are all uh, up to. Uh, Confirmation, but Ryusei the Falling Star was listed as a mythic. What? Wow, that would be awful to open. Well, here's the thing, though. As far as drafting it goes... Oh, drafting would be sick. probably be mythic. Yeah, that's true. Like, back in the day of, uh, of uh, Cockblock, um, 
basically, if you had like a dragon in your deck, it was unreal because all of them were so good. Yeah, um, even got more than one dragon, and they were all rares at that time. There were no mythics. Yeah, even Juke and I can imagine would be pretty ridiculous. Right, like as long as you have another card, and the guy, you know, the guy is they, they are six six. You know, they're big enormous flyers too. What's that five five? They're they're uh, yeah. I, I said six six. It's you get a bunch of counters or whatever, but. Those, you know, they're they're big deals. Yeah, he's a uh, five five. That when he dies, you get to put five counters. Okay. Five plus one plus one counters uh, among any number of target creatures. So you actually get to distribute them how you want. But yeah, like five five flyers for six. That when they die, something good happens. Okay. Not bad. Not bad at all. So um, I'm trying to think of some of the other cards I saw in there. Uh, the vivids. Yeah, vivids. Kitchen Finks, I think was listed as uncommon still. Wow. Yes, and those um, are getting hard to find now for cubes, because yep. everybody's playing them in modern, apparently. Yep, because card's sweet. So, yep. yeah, so that, so, so for example, cards like that will be much easier for people to find. Um, if they reprint Thoughtseize, and it's that rare, that will help. Yeah, and those are like, what, 60 now? Uh, yeah, 60, 70. Jeez. Yeah, there's something absurd. That's insane. Uh, so, you know, that may help, but, you know, that obviously hasn't been spoiled yet. But, yeah, so this will be a chance for you to trade your, uh, possibly to trade your, uh, uh, trade your, uh, standard stuff for some older stuff that you can use in modern or, uh, legacy. So uh, keep, an out, keep an eye out for that, too. Or your cube, right. This is a cube podcast, after all, so. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that. How does that work? <laughs> All right, well, you, you want to start uh, getting into uh, the Scars block and, and see, take a look back and, and see how we're doing? Yeah. Let's, uh, I was going to say, maybe talk about M13, or does it really matter? Young Pyromancer oh. seems nice. M14, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, M14. That's too, that year thing, I don't like it. I'm sorry. Right, sir. <laughs> you, you invented it. I'm uh, getting mad at you. I'm sorry. It's my fault. <laughs> I take full responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, I, um, Young Pyromancer, that guy seems pretty good. The one in the red. Is that the Goblin Piker that you get a 1-1 one, one whenever you cast a instant or sorcery? Yeah. That guy seems sweet. He seems sweet in the Gutter Snipe deck. <laughs> yeah. Or even, I, I was thinking he might be fine even, like, in just generic red aggro deck. Red X. Like red. Yeah, and you just pick up a threat every time you, re, you burn one of their guys away, right? Especially if they have a lot of pants in the deck. I used that term against somebody. I was like, or what's, when I was playing against somebody, it's like, all right, I got some pants. And they're like, pants? I'm like, yeah, equipment. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. Used to be called enchantments, bro. Then they were called auras. Now you can use this, too. Pants. Yeah, these are all pants. All pants. I think it might have been a sort of, it might actually have been sort of worn piece. And yeah, it was, it was fat pants and skinny pants. There's all yeah. kinds of pants. Sort of worn piece is pretty fat pants. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like that guy. Uh, Archangel of Thune, I think, is actually pretty good. Yeah, that's the five drop, right? Yeah, three five mana, three and two white for three four flying lifelink. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on all your creatures. Right. So that card seems pretty sweet. Um, I, I don't. It's certainly not better than Bane's Fire Angel. It's certainly no. not better than Cloud Go Ranger. Um, I think I, I talked when I was talking to Kenny Mayer about it. I think I was like, "What do you think about it?" He's like, "It's pretty good." And I'm like, "Because I think people were just like saying it's like it's worse than Bane Slayer, so it's no good." I'm like, "Man, 
Then well, I wish all my, all my creatures are Bane Slayer. As it turns out, there are a lot of creatures worse than Bane Slayer Angel. Yeah. So I remember when that card was worth a ton, also. Oh, it was. It was like 50 bucks. Yep. I sold a bunch of them when I was at uh, Proteros, and I remember, I'm like, nope, hit the eject button. I had an extra <laughs> foil one, too, I remember selling for like a hundo. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that card won the Pro Tour. That's true. Was it Kibler? It sure was. Not surprised. <laughs> Dude, it won the Pro Tour. He's now won the Pro Tour with a dragon and an angel. What's what's next? A goblin or something? I don't know. <laughs> an iconic creature. A vampire? A Sanger vampire? Sanger vampire. <laughs> that was the other big uh, creature, right? It was it was a Shivan dragon, Sarah Angel, and a Sanger vampire. Sanger vampire, yeah. Those were the three big ones. So I guess there needs to be a really good vampire that gets printed. Right. Well, they, they made a good run at it a few years ago. Yeah, Aristocrat's good. Yeah, that guy's big game. Yeah. He's definitely a big game. By the way, people, if you're not running that one in your cube, just hang on for a couple months, wait till it rotates out of standard, you should probably get that one. Yeah. So, this is very nice, very nice. Very nice, yeah. And uh, But, yeah, I've um, I've been trying it out for a little bit. It's... um. It's kind of like, I forget which card I think I said this analogy for. It might have been Aetherling, which Aetherling's absurd, by the way. Yeah, that card's real good. Like, I remember thinking, like, uh, it's one of those cards, like, when you cast it, and your opponent can't get rid of it, and they're like, well, now what? No, like, now what do I do kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I had opponent, uh, it was recent draft, opponent was, like, in mono red, and I had a Cloudscape that just was, like, I think I had it in play in a Cloudscape, which was a Riftwind Cloudscape, which was just getting off suspend. I was like, do this, bounce your Vortex, um, play another dude, attack with Angel, gain three life, buff all my dudes, go. And that pretty much won the game right there. Yep. <laughs> he was able to cast uh, Vortex again, and I was like, I don't care. My Grabboard is dumb. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's good. It feels like there's not a lot of talk on it, but I don't know if many people talk about cards... This early, I don't know. I think it's good though. No, I mean I think the card's real solid. It's just a matter of how much room for uh, five drop white cards you have. Yeah, we already got we got Scion already, and, and that's not making many cubes, unfortunately. No, no, no. But I think this card's better than Scion, so for sure. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if it's better than Geist uh, uh, Hunter Monk or not. I have a feeling it's about on par, if not slightly better. Yeah. Just because you get a, a nice big flyer, and the effect is good for. Um, much like the uh, Geistoner Monk is good when you have other creatures on board, so is this one. Mm-hmm. So it actually makes sure that it's good in creature strategies as well as having some use in control strategies, which I kind of like. Hmm. Yeah. So that there's some benefit to it not being the only creature on the table. Or even just like I like doing things like uh, you know, just like activate, like trigger on the stack, uh, make my mutable a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things we um, we found out through cards like Master Horm and Elishorn. OMG spoiler. It's just there's it happens to be just like a lot of just random tutus that hang out, you know, when they're done doing their thing. Right. And I found that that happened actually a decent amount of time. Like some, sometimes there'd just be a random tutu that becomes a three three when you get and like if you get other incidental life gain cards and it's you know icing on the cake. Like okay, I'll cast Kitchen Things, buff my guys, attack, buff my guys. Yeah, that, that, as it yeah. turns out, that's a nice interaction, too. Oh, my kitchen thinks dies? Oh, okay, hit you with this. Oh, look, it's back. Like, when I seated it in the packs, I think somebody had that in sort of war and peace. 
and one was equipped. The sword was equipped on the angel. I see. I didn't know what happened. I was just kind of walking by, and I saw it. And I'm like, oh god, and then I walked away. I think I did that. I'm like, oh god, it's going to be ugly. Right. I think I asked him, and I think I think I did confirm that it was in fact ugly. Yep, yep, yep. It's a pretty good. The rest of the cards, like I still think Shadowborn Demon's fine. Like it feels like it's underrated right now. I don't think it's a Black Bane Slayer. That's no, it's, it's not Black Bane Slayer. But it's good. It's it's a big bone shredder essentially, and a, a lot of the cards are just trash. Ooh, ooh, would we call that Boon Slayer? Oh yeah. Oh, wait, it can't kill Bane Slayer. Wait, Boon Slayer Angel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Daniel Boone? <laughs> or may, or maybe we maybe it doesn't like uh, Frijoles. Maybe it could be like Bean Slayer Angel. <laughs> Beans. <laughs> this is quite. The or stretch. maybe it doesn't like Stoners. And it could be Bong Slayer Angel. <laughs> like bonfire? Doesn't it? It'll, it'll be hard to kill this guy's bonfire. Oh, right, maybe if it, you pay X and it does that to all their creatures, then it could be uh, Bond Slayer. Bond, Shadow Bond Slayer, Ancient Demon. Right. Bond Slayer Demon. It would cost Devil Black if you miracle it or something. Right. So, so real quickly before we move on, uh, are you familiar with what happened last week at the Nashville Open regarding a card we reviewed in our last podcast? Uh, what, Aetherling? So, 10K champion uh, Lauren Nolan. A, oh, oh, this. Yeah. <laughs> a, a very good player out of uh, Cincinnati, Dayton area. Uh, may or may not have used a Dragon's Maze cards to blow someone out. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys all have to look for it. It's, it's, a, it's a classic video moment on uh, SCG Live. Uh, Justin Upple in the top four, the two of them were playing, activated his... Uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor using the Brainstorm effect, and Lauren may or may not have played his one main deck Notion Thief. <laughs> nice five for one. Yeah, yeah. I'll take those three cards, and why don't you put two cards back? Wow, and uh, I remember like Jeff uh, Jeff Foster is like in the background, and he's yeah, like Jeff is up. losing it. Yeah, I was standing right next to them when that happened. Oh, wow. And, and Lauren popped off, too, about, I just ruined your childhood. It's over. Your childhood's over. <laughs> or he said something like that in the article he did. Yeah, 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 he did. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was a nice one, that's for sure. It was comical. I was very happy to have been standing there to experience it. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then at one point, Lauren looks at him and goes, how does it feel? You know, the entire room is laughing at you right now. <laughs> Was it, was it, like, everybody, like, I mean, a significant portion? Oh, the room was fairly empty, but everybody in the room was just in hysterics <laughs> of what a blowout that was. Wow. Note to self, that's the way to use it, not against Consecrated Sphinx. Yeah, not against Consecrated Sphinx. Thank you, public <laughs> service announcement number one. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't, uh, don't uh, buy a bunch of mirror, entity, or mirror, uh, mirror galleries. Because the legend rule. Right. Legend rule doesn't matter. Mirror gallery, virtually worthless. Except for that, you can play multiples of the same guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess it has some value. I'll play my Norn the Wary. Then I'll play Norn the Wary again. Oh, no. So many Norns. Is that just infinite, then? 
Right, because then you get to kill somebody if you have pandemonium in play, right? Yep. <laughs> awesome. I just made a I just made a deck. Go me. Kill you with all aren't, the normal. Aren't I cool? I just broke modern. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Do uh, so you want to talk about scars? Yeah, let's talk about some scars of uh, Mirrodin cards. Scars block. And you'll have to excuse me. I have a uh, a, cat. A, ra- a rambunctious cat who keeps trying to climb all over me. And he slept for about a half an hour before the podcast started, but now he's he's up and active again. He's also a kitten, so, so he's like super energetic. Yeah, so he's he's going nuts over here. So I'm sure you may hear him chime in from time to time as well. Was like was I like were talking about that was one episode. Uh, I think I actually had to I had to record at the secret moon base and one of your cats was mm-hmm. uh, was purring like super loud. <laughs> I was like, "What's that sound?" Right into the microphone. Like, is there an earthquake going on? Like, no, <laughs> just, the just the cat. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Oh no, no, there goes the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, you guys. They have to edit that one out and post. I was about to say I might edit that in post. Maybe not, because <laughs> it's funny. Uh, sorry about that, you guys. Anyway, let's talk about some scars cards. I'll just uh, I'll just go down the list and and we can see cards that these are basically cards that we mentioned during the podcast. Uh, was it? Cards- I think I I think I just oh, lit, found found whatever because I know there were some we didn't mention. I don't know. I just put whatever was there and did it alphabetical order because I'm bad. All right, so first one, Arc Trail. Uh, yeah, that that ended up being I forget how we ranked it because like when we did our pilot episode, it was after Scars, and I remember us talking about how surprised we were at like Mimic Vat. But uh, like, I, I imagine that we rated this one fairly well. I would assume I mean, so. Yeah, two for ones are sweet, especially when uh, one half of it does two damage. So. Yeah, usually yeah, this is do you one find of those it, uh, cubes, even for the smallest cubes. Do you find it does kills two creatures more often or deals two and then goes upstairs for one? I actually find it kills two creatures most often. That's tough. I've also found what it does is it kills a creature and dings their plane walker and then you can finish it off with an attack. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot. I've had that one too. But yeah, I've I've blown a lot of people out with Arc Trail. Like the red deck against the like the red aggro deck against the white aggro deck. Oh wow. Yeah. You're just like ding ding dead. Or the fun yeah, yeah, even like just like getting uh Yeah, like especially against the decks that have like tons of tokens. Yeah, it's like, oh, get your Elspeth guy. Hit Elspeth for two. <laughs> hey. for the rest. You know, get your one drop, get your two drop. Also happens a lot. Yeah, I've I've been... I think it ended up being maybe better than I thought. That sounds right. Kill your bird, kill your... Uh... Uh... Rafelos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on with this card. I feel like it's a... I, I feel like even the smallest cube should be playing this card. It's it's real. It's a yeah. nice one. It's, it's very good. All right, the next one here is Chimeric Mass. I remember liking this card, and I remember you not liking it, and yep. I think it ended up being not that great. Yeah, I really, I was never a big fan of this card. Um, it was in a 
a gimmicky like type two deck for a while, like the. Uh, Which is like part of some trinket mage toolbox or something. Well, you could play it in there, but what you would do a lot of times is you could play it and sacrifice it to uh, the one that gives you goblin tokens, multiple goblin tokens for sacrifice. Oh yeah, I forget what it was called. Uh, uh, I'm normally really good about this. Cold out the rebirth. Yeah, cold out the rebirth. There you go. So, you know, you could play this along with, you know, it was a bunch of, like, zero cast artifacts that could do something. So it's like this and, like, Mox Opal, uh, Red Spell Bomb, like, lots of things like that. You can put out the Rebirth and then uh, the uh, Kicker Goblin. Oh, Bushwhacker. Yeah, bush, you can whack some bushes. <laughs> so, but, yeah, Chimeric Mass, not, uh, not so good. Not so it good. ended up being just, like, I, I like when flexible, like, flexible cards kind of, like, Cards like uh, Burst Lightning, for example, or even like uh, like Profane Command or something where like their flexibility, even if they're not necessarily efficient at a certain mode, they're still just like good. It never uh-huh. felt really good enough like at no matter how you use it. And, and the weird thing is, is it's one mana to activate it, I think was maybe a big hurdle for it as well. Right, just like having to spend extra mana for it every turn to, to, to get it going, so... Because it required that initial investment yeah. to give it size. And yeah, then like make it a 4-4, and then you have to pay, especially when you're like an aggro deck, and you need to make your mana. Your right. mana better be working hard and for you. Fair, it, it's likely still better than uh, Skin Shifter. Yeah, that's when true. You only activate that guy once. That guy was awful, by the way. Yeah, he ended up being quite a disappointment. He was a big stinker. But anyway, we're talking about Scars cards, so Chimeric Mass... A big, uh, from me. Uh, Elspeth Terrell. I forget how we ranked Elspeth, to be honest. Or, or I guess how we mentally did it, because we we didn't have the cast at the time. So, this is a card I've actually, uh, that's actually found its way out of my cube for a little while, while I try some other things. So. Explain. Um... You know, adding uh, white has obviously all the sweet planeswalkers, right? The, the possibility is awful. <laughs> um, no good. Right. It's just you know, it's very okay. You, you have to kind of keep bouncing back and forth. Um, it's virtually impossible to get to a place where you ever want to activate the uh, ultimate. I had that happen once on me. I think we we're doing a team draft with like Marshall and Rashad and a bunch of some other people, and like. This was, like, at 4 in the morning, and, like, my brain was shot. And he, like, plussed it and gained some life, and he had a bunch of tokens out. And then he just, like, ultimate it, which, by the way, is the only time I think I've ever seen it happen. I was like, I was like, oh, wait, that has an ultimate? Uh-oh. And I just got wrecked. <laughs> I was like, no. Right. And <laughs> yeah, it certainly it does happen, but... It's not know, often. Table of happen, but, you know, it's... I, I found it to be a little on the underwhelming side for a five-drop Planeswalker. Um, and I've actually been, I think I took it out when I put in, uh, a Johnny 3. The, uh, Caller of the Pride? Yeah, and I've been much happier with that card. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, pretty good. So, I think that was a swap that I made. So, solid, but I, I think you can, I, I think it's towards the bottom of the White Planeswalker, uh, list. Um, unless you super support tokens and, and require it. But even then, you know, obviously Elspeth 4, better at that. I think. The better Would you card. say it's worse token support card than Sublime Archangel? 
Um, or just I guess abstractly, would you say it's worse than Sublime Archangel? I don't know. I kind of like Sublime Archangel and and its support of the token for of the token strategy. It's just had guys like if you. I, I feel like it's it's a kind of a situational thing because if you need ways to make tokens, then obviously, you know, Elspeth's way better. But once you have your engine up and running, which hopefully you should by the time you get to five mana, yeah, Archangel is is better. Yo, dog, I heard you like. Heard you like Exalted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Heard you like Legends. Mm-hmm. So here's a Legend. All right. All right. So I mean, solid, but for me, it's. Uh, I, I don't think it's a necessary one for smaller size cubes, even mid range. I think you can get away without it. So. Yeah, and not because of OMG too many Planeswalkers. It's just power wise, kind of. Yeah. I'm running it right now, but yeah, I could I could definitely see cutting it, especially like we get some some nutter butters in the future, which you know I'm sure we're gonna get at some point. Yeah. Uh, Genesis Wave is the next card. Uh, I don't think we noticed this, but I remember people just like gushing about it from the Moto Cube. But I think it's just, I still think it costs way too much. Yeah, it costs a lot, and it recu- I mean. The reason why it was so good in the Moto Cube, I think, is because of how abundant the green ramp strategy was, and how yeah, and like green ramp you, strategy was. Yeah, and like you could, you probably wouldn't get run over by aggro unless somebody drafted like the nut, you know, red deck or something. Right, and that was, I think, part of the reason why the uh, green ramp deck did so well is that there was no fast aggressive deck to to kill it first. So, yeah, not not a big fan of Genesis Wave. I mean, I can understand why. I guess it's kind of sweet. And I, know, I don't think I'd ever. Like, would you want to cast it at any cost under six? Not like, really. It's X equals six. Like that seems like the one you'd really want to do it at. Every other one seems just like. No, it's it's definitely a an end of ramp card. So you know you're looking at you know a, a hefty investment. Um, and I I still feel like if I'm spending let's say nine mana on it. Um, You'd rather have Rude Awakening or Tooth. Right. Exactly. I, that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, those at least definitely win you the game. Those might. It's like, here's a Frost Titan and uh, some lands and a Elf. Right. And a Rampant Growth. Yeah! So, you know, I, I think it's unnecessary, and I think there are, like, there are certainly better better targets for your green, uh, your green action. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Geth. Uh, pretty pretty terrible. Uh, actually picked one up for a while and uh, really tried to make it work as like a, a black ramp creature. Because, you know, 5-5 five, five for 6 with Intimidate, sure, virtually, you know, means unblockable. And the non-tapping ability is pretty strong. Um, but as it turns out, like, I, it just never saw that much play. Uh, when it did see play, was it any good? Oh yeah, it was real good when you saw play. But I, most of the times, it wound up kind of as a win more. Like a lot of times, just the five five intimidate was enough. Just like five mana unblockable. Um, but it just, yeah, it just didn't see that much play. Um, but it usually won games when it hit. Uh, but it, I don't think it won. Any games that weren't already being won, 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't, like, turning the tide, usually? No. No, it's because like, oh, of the effects it wound up in or, or whatever. And, you know, maybe that's just a byproduct of uh, it not being as good uh, or used in decks that weren't as good. But I found that uh, it was a little a little lackluster for what my expectations for a card at that cost um, want to be doing, you know, a la Grave Titan. Yeah. So, well, like we said, perhaps it didn't see enough play for me to get a real good picture of it, but, you know, there's only so many times you can draft that people have black decks and no one has it in their deck to want to move on. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, Glimmer Point Stag is the next one. Yeah. We were, I, we were, you know, room temperature at best. Um, just because I think we, we agreed that there are better blinking effects than this guy. Yeah, give me a Flicker Wisp. I like Flicker Wisp a lot more than that guy. Right. Right, I mean, they're both three power, but one is a full mana cheaper or whatever, so. And four mana, four mana in white is just dumb. Right, and Four Man in White has its own set of issues. Uh, Grand Architect. Uh, perhaps one that uh, those who can speak to the more aggressive blue decks, but I just... I, I always felt like it wasn't what my blue decks wanted to be doing. Yeah, like it can help cast some big dumb things, like big mana artifacts. It's a a worn power stone for artifacts. Sure, so you already have mana artifacts in your cube or whatever, so... Yeah. So, you know... uh, It gets a shrug out of ten. Right, it gets a meh. (laughs) I like that. Now, now the next card is a card that I think is actually one of the best uh, pack-one-pick-one cards in the uh, the cube. Hmm... I honestly don't remember what it was. His name is his initials. Oh, Koth? Yeah. Koth the Hammer. Yeah, he's a, I remember P1P1ing him in a recent, I think, draft last week. And uh, he was pretty good. Yeah, this guy is unreal. I mean, he's good, he is like, a 4-4 haster that has a game-ending ultimate that doesn't exist that far in the future. Yeah, especially if you're against, like, the Dirtle control deck that like, can't directly attack him. Like, right. it's just, in, it's ridiculous. It's like, well, now I'm playing Drago. Right, and he's unreal against sweepers, because they're like, kill all your guys. You're like, okay, take four. <laughs> and unless they have something to do about it right then, you know, very soon, you're just going to start dinging them with your mountains, so. I guess, like, instant speed route or something. Right. But even still... Because, you know... You still got to deal with the cog. Right. And he turns your other mountains into uh, attackers, too, so... Yes, next. Right, exactly. Oh, you got that mountain, huh? Next. I, I think we're pretty... Uh, I think we're pretty excited. I remember a friend, like, when it was spoiled, he called me. He was like, this guy's ridiculous. I'm like, yep. Yeah, he's, uh, he's uh, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> he's very, very good. Now, he didn't make as big a splash and constructed as we thought he was going to, uh, for how powerful he is. But in uh, limited environments, even in a limited environment like Cube, this guy is big game. Yeah, he's no joke. He's he's pretty insane. I think I named him as 
I might have named him as one of the top two most powerful red cards in the cube in the discussion uh, a while back on Twitter about people talking about the best the best cards of each color. I can see it definitely being top five. I don't know if I'd say top two. Yeah, maybe, maybe top three. Like Vortex, Koth, FTK? I mean, some people would say Goblin Guide. Oh, Goblin Guide, right. Ooh. Some people some people would, you know, some people who say Lightning Bolt are crazy, but... Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. Like, I, I prefer uh, the Landfall one. Uh, Geopede? Blazing, uh... Oh, Steering Blaze, yeah, that card's Steering Blaze, that card's unreal. But yeah, I've, uh... I remember not being a fan of it, but I remember, I think, like, some people, I think Kenny Mayer was one of the people, and I had him sign it for my cube. Like, nice. Well, yeah, and I, I think I asked him to sign it. He seemed really surprised. I'm like, yeah, dude, sign my Steering Blaze. I, 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 re- I remember being a proponent of it. Yeah, I remember you were, you were one of the big ones as well. Or a lot of, like, the fear of, like... I recently had a cube draft where I had to, uh... My opponent was, like... I forget, some kind of, like, Lingering Souls deck or something, or had some dudes. I, I had, like... I had to untap... I had no landfall. had one mountain. had to untap it, that mountain, with, you know, with, uh, Garrick. And had to and do the one damage Searing Blaze. Still worth it. Nice. Still still the right play. <laughs> I was like, right. I don't care. Yeah, that's sweet. But yeah, I've um yeah, Steering Blade's definitely definitely a really good red card. Especially yeah, top of the hammer, like I said, you know, I it, it's it's hard to argue because the card is so archetype changing, like you just you can literally just auto guarantee go red because if you play that card but on turn four, it is real tough to beat. Yeah, and not just not just deck. mono red or whatever, just red X. Like I don't know if I'd play it in like Jund Aggro, I probably still would. Yeah. A number of your, as long as you have access to a, a fair amount of mountains and can mm-hmm. cast them on time and do stuff with them. So, for example, if you, you know, if you have like lots of dual land mountains and things like that that you can still attack with and, and not have it slow your other uh, progressions down. Like if you're a heavy green black deck that's splashing red, then yeah, no. maybe I'm not playing him or I'm not as excited to play him. But and like whenever little... red's one of your primary colors, I think he's just auto in. And it's a little awkward with like Redland, like aren't like Ghetto Encampment. Even though I'm not a really big fan of Ghetto Encampment anymore. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cards, big fan. Cards real nice. All right, moving on. Uh, mimic that. A card oh, that both fun to surprised by. So I don't know if you remember this, but I was listening to the pilot. You know, just like remember. A, I'm really. I hope nobody remembers me saying good times all the time because that's what I saw on that pilot and it was terrible. I think Marshall was like, I think Marshall was like, don't do that. It's really bad. I was like, all right, fair enough. Did, did you reply with, all right, all right, good times? <laughs> I think I would now to troll him. Back then, I think I, prob- I was probably too starstruck. Fair but enough. I'd be like, okay, good times. Ah. But like, uh, it was at a recent GP you were at with uh, Kenny, and you said you put right. it in one of the drafts, and you said like you you put it in, in the in your uh, in your cube draft, and then you asked him because he had it in his deck. You said how oh. was he? Just like his eyes apparently became the size of saucers, and he was like, "This card's ridiculous." Yes, I remember that. It was uh, I think it might have been an SCG open weekend. Okay, it was either a GP or, or an invitation. I, I do remember that. I, re- I remember that. 
Uh, yeah, that card was the card turned out to be real nice. Way better than the one that came out of, of original Mirrodin. Yeah, Soul Foundry. Yeah, Soul Foundry was in like you know one of my early iterations of the cube. Uh, this card was just and obviously you know there's whenever a new card comes out that resembles an old one, you always kind of draw the comparison. Mm-hmm. This one's way better than Soul Foundry. Yeah, also really good value. Just like like. In most, yeah, pretty much any mid-range or, or control deck, I'll happily play. Not really an aggro, because it's all, you know, it's all too dirty, but, like, yeah, especially in, like, a mid-range deck with, like, a, like a black X mid-range deck with, like, a thousand ways to kill their creatures, it's just absurd. Or, or even just, like, a green-red deck that you're playing things like Flame Tongue Kabu and uh, the game for Bayloth when it comes into play. Oh, um, wow, yeah, good call. Like any, any sort swag of tusk? Oh, wow. swag tusk. <laughs> God, swag tusk. <laughs> right. Comes into play, game five life, the loose play. Oh no, I get a three three. Oh no. For three minutes. Yeah. That's uh that's fair. There's uh yeah, there there's some stupid interactions with it for sure. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's it, it, that was a a pleasantly surprising one for, for the the value of that. Uh one that I think we knew was going to be good, uh, but wound up never being that good constructed, which was uh, Molten Tail Mastercore. Yeah, I actually just had a recent deck. It was like a red, red, mono red aggro deck splashing black for Yogwill. And I just played Molten Tail, and it was so good. Like, I think I may have been like, you know, maybe this card isn't uh, doing what it used to do, and it just, just it was insane. Just with so much reach. It was like, I, I played it against somebody, and I needed fuel because I had him under a vortex. Uh-huh. Well, I need ways to kill you, so I'm just like, I'll attack with my, uh, I forget, may have been like a chain walker or something, just some guy who's doing nothing into his 4-4. It's like, I'm attacking. He has an unleashed chain walker, and he had like a 4-4. I'm like, don't care, attacking. And he's like, well, I guess I'll block. I'm like, sweet. Four more damage. Right. I mean, there, there's been multiple times where I've played against this card, where you run the, uh, they play it like in, as a curve topper in their aggro deck, and you're like, well, I hope my next card can kill it. Yeah. Because <laughs> if not, we're dead. Taking four to the head a lot. And I don't right. know if people still get scared of drawbacks. I know people sometimes do get scared of drawback, like, oh no, I have to discard it. Like, who cares? And besides, it sometimes helps. Like, <laughs> gives me extra bodies. Like, right, here's my. Like, well, let me just. Card this dirtle one drop and dome you with it. Yeah, nice rock. Uh, this rock goes tackler's not doing anything. Right. Cool, it's doing for you now. All right, here it comes. Straight upstairs. Yeah, and it'd be it's like also fun it. when you do it to people. You can pull the cards out of your graveyard and actually throw it at their head. <laughs> Have you done that? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> Just to put out, you're like, four to you, fling. So. Rough. So, yeah, another. Yeah. another Nice one. Uh, it's a it's a keeper, and it's nice because it's uh it's actually the master core that's good in the aggressive decks. Yeah, like ra- razor main costs way too much. The five mana. Yep. Is is uh kind of awkward, and mul- and regular mul- master core just like at least it does at least block get dudes out of the way, but it's still just like for aggro decks it costs way too much to do that. Right. There are lots of four drops I would rather have. Uh, Mirror battle sphere is the next one. Yeah. Woo. I'm a fan. One of the, uh, right, I mean, I don't think we need to talk about all the interactions with this one. Uh, attacking. Uh, t- tinker, uh, recurring nightmare, blinking effects, 
cloning effects, the artifact deck, you know, attacking with something enormous and doming them. Gaius Cradle. It's crazy, yeah, Gaius Cradle. Uh, it's Hilarian Academy. Oh my god, we just played in a blue-green deck with Hilarian Academy and uh, Gaius Cradle. <laughs> there you go. So much mana when he's in play. That's being staged that. So much <laughs> mana. Oh, good lord. It never, like, I remember somebody on Reddit, um, by the way, shout out to the MTG Cube Reddit uh, commu- community, subreddit, whatever. Anyway, I think there were people talking about, like, Mirror Battlesphere not really doing much in Constructed. I think the only thing it really did was a Tinker Target in Vintage. I mean, it's still dumb. Like, it's, what, 8 power or something? I, I played it in my uh, Wolf Run Robots deck. Wolf Run Robots? Yeah, I used to play it with, like, Palladium Mirror. So it was like the Wolf Run Ramp deck, but you played like Palladium Mirror and more Artifact guys, and you could play uh, oh. Battlesphere. Did you play Wormcoil, too? Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. And yeah, then you can, give it, you can give it, you know, you can pump it up with your, uh, what's his name, too? You can pump it up with your Wolf Palladium Run. Palladium Mirror? Oh, and oh. To, uh, to dome them even more. So. Yeah. I remember, like, when it was spoiled talking with somebody, and they kind of mentally, they compared it to uh, Cloud Goat Ranger. I don't know how well it compares to Cloud Goat Ranger, honestly, but I mean, it's... I, I mean, I real, I love it as a control finisher. I can't see many control decks that wouldn't want to play it. Unless my control suite was, like, insane. I mean, it kills people real fast. Yeah. And as and much... The thing it does, too, is you just get a bunch of blockers if you need them. Yeah, and as much grief as people give Evan Irwin, I remember him saying, like, this card seems really good. I think he said it might have been pushed, and I don't know if I'd quite say it's pushed, but I remember him saying that he thought it was really good. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it seems pretty, uh, it seems really good. And, yeah, turns out it's pretty good in cube. Right, obviously you're not killing anything. It's real hard to kill something with seven toughness in combat, so. Yeah. Or with spells. Yeah, Chandra, OG Chandra can't kill it. Nope. Manic Vandal can, but that's okay. You still have to deal with four one ones, and that's the nice thing too. It's like, even if they do deal with it, they still have to deal with a bunch of these still stupid guys. Right, you certainly are getting something. Even if they deal with your original thing. All right, it's what else not- we got here? Uh, uh, do you want to, did you want to say anything more about the battle battle ball? Nah, not really. And I'm trusting you to skip over ones that, whatever, because apparently my my. Browser's not working correctly. My computer's being dumb with with uh, Skype. So, so Anthony, you're at the you're at the house. Yeah, and well, you know, I'm I'm kind of mentioned. I'm trying to mention most of them, um, but we can definitely. Uh, I, but yeah, I just listed everything, and there's just probably the, to yeah. For example, like there were a lot of people. Uh, I guess not a lot, but there was a contingent of people who really liked uh, Nim Deathmail. I was one of them. Yeah. And that card is... That gets uh, the raspberry. <laughs> Thinkaroo. Yeah, that, they equipped that mana cost was just so much. Yeah, I think four mana you, is so much to equip. Would you like it more if it cost four and cost two to equip? Probably not. I mean, I would like it more, but I don't. I still don't think I would play it. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, when I'm doing it that way, I guess there's a comparison between that, like, Loxodon Warhammer, or, like, Evasion, and then, like, whatever. 
And like when he tramples, actually a big deal. So, yeah, with the hammer. Is there a I mean, Death Manal did at least give Intimidate, which was hard to block. Right, but eh, it's, yeah. it's only plus two, plus two for six. Mana. Yeah, that's kind of rough. Uh, Oxida Scrap Melter. It's just sure. a little bit too expensive as a uh, an answer when we have multiple three drop answers that do the same thing. We don't need a uh, four mana. A hill giant that does it when we're fine with the gray ogres that do it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Palladium Mirror. Eh. Uh, seemed like it would have possibly been a fine ramp card. Uh, as it turns out, though, it's kind of fragile being a creature. I know, like, Moto Cube runs it, but again, that cube's, like, pretty much mono ramp, and, like, I don't have room for, like, Worn Power Stone, so I don't have room for that. Like, that guy's worse than Worn right. Power Stone, because it right. dies. Right, so he's obviously, you know, further down on, on the list than that. Uh, what else we got here? Precursor Golem. Woo! It's a good one. That card's actually turned out to be pretty sweet. I forget wh- how, what we thought of that. I, n- I don't, I don't remember me not being the biggest fan, but I, think I remember you, you were I, a fan. Yes, I remember saying that nine power for five mana is a lot. So regardless of possible drawbacks, that nine power for five is a ton. The only time I think I've seen as a drawback matter is when we did a survivor draft. And me and uh, Dan, Dan Noshaney were playing. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, showing you his hand, and it was one of the cards was a slaughter pact against my precursor golem. <laughs> and he was like, I can't do this. Right. I forget if he showed it to you or if I got the read, but I, or if he said something about it afterwards, but I was just like, oh, wow, that's awful. Yeah, that was... A lot of the times the drawback... A lot of times the drawback doesn't really matter, and a lot of the cards that kill stuff are strapped on the creatures, and that doesn't get cloned. Right, as it turns out, you know, there there are lots of, going back to Manic Vandal, you know, there there are more Manic Vandals than there are uh, Disenchants. Yeah, or Smash. Like, there's the obvious, like, blowouts. Like, if your opponent, like, Prophetic Bolts it, well, sucks right. to you. Woo! Yeah, yeah that's, uh, there are certain, but the thing is, is, you know what? I'm okay with blowouts like that because they make, they make entertaining, fun stories, you know? Yeah. And they don't happen too often anyway. Right. So, yeah, the precursor has been real good. Uh, Ratchet Bomb, which looks like it's getting reprinted. By the way, Wizards really does hate, uh, Lingering Souls, don't they? Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Someone, someone goofed. Man, do they hate Lingering Souls. So, uh, but Ratchet Bomb, I, I was, I don't know if I've ever been a fan of this card. No, I don't uh, think I was. I, I read Powder Keg for a while, you know, in my old cube and some of my first iterations of it. Uh, just because that card was, you know, one of these iconic cards, and and that card hasn't been in my cube for a very long time, uh, so neither is this one. No, I remember it being cost. I remember thinking it just cost a lot, and mm-hmm. I think I remember skin render. Skin render, yeah, big fan. Right, you know, whenever you get, you know, black point tonkavu. It's pretty insane that it made like it did almost for the longest time. It did nothing in standard until like the black red. Was it the Black Red Zombie deck or something? Right. Well, you, there was a pod deck that played it, too. Oh, yeah. Right. So the right. pod deck was nice because you'd sacrifice, like, your three... So you'd sacrifice your messenger to go get that guy. Yeah. Turns out that's so a not only would you ding them for another two and get a bigger guy, but you're also killing something else. Yeah, it was... It. Uh, I remember the, the pod decks being its, its biggest home. But, yeah, that card's sweet. 
you know, good with Blink, good with some other interactions too. And He's good, uh, good with the. Uh, Good with anything. <laughs> you cast it, right? It's it almost always. Out, I've almost you know, always found it just it straight up killing things. I don't tend to use it, see it or see it used as much for just like gank, you know, just turning it to a two-two or something. Most of the time, it's just like kill your guy or something, right? Maybe. And it's a zombie, which is relevant. So yeah, it has some relevant features. So yeah, I had it recently in a uh, basically a Jund uh, survival of the fittest deck. Mm-hmm. That was one of the the interchangeable pieces I had, uh, like with like Bloodgast and all that kind of stuff. So you just got and like you just got to basically kept getting value whenever a creature left or came back in. You were just value, value, valuing all the time, and it gets over good. Uh, Skittles, Skittles. Oh. I remember we were not big on Skittles. I remember on the oh. pilot we were talking about how that was just bad, and Some as it turns out, it was bad. I think, uh, I want to say Evan Irwin was a big fan of that guy when it first came out. Am I misremembering that? Mm, I think he may have been. And I know some people, I got a lot of it. To this day, every once in a while, I'll still get a, you don't run Skithrix? No. Screw that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Do people ask you why and you're just like, it's because it's terrible? I I usually tell them that he can't hold Kakusho's jock. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's pretty bad. Even for yeah, that's true. Uh, Spike Shot Elder, which is a nice little one drop, nice little value one drop that we picked up. Yeah, it's not bad. I could see it leaving my cube in the next year if we get more good one red drops, red one drops. Sure. It feels like it's on the one that maybe the weaker side of, but I mean, it's still fine. Obviously, ridiculous with pants. Yes. Actually, yeah, I think that mono red deck, the red. Plus Yawgmoth's will deck, I think it had just like two swords. It was like Sword of War and Peace, three you, three you, three you, you're dead. But even yeah, so, it attacks. For, it attacks for one. Like it, it's it costing three activates a little bit awkward, which might ultimately kick it out of my cube. But for for right now, I think it's a day is safe. Sure, and you know it's one of those cards too that gives you a little bit of added action if you draw it late. You know, yeah. significantly better than a Jackal Pup. You know, when drawn later. With with options for extra value like pants and and things like that. So uh, I've also a couple times you know been able to kill something by attacking attacking with it alongside like uh, a quarter paladin, and then oh. once it gets the, then once it gets the bonus, then shoot the blocker. Nice. So I like that. Sometimes you can get so you can you can create your uh, create your create your own value. Voltron, uh, a, uh, a uh, whatever. Right. Some uh, some big creatures here still. Hellkite, Sunblast, Angel. I know Truck. some people like Sunblast, but eh. still yeah, Hellkite's not, just way too expensive. Yeah. Silvok Life Staff was mentioned, which uh, was a nice value card in standard for a while, just as a way to. Uh, out aggro the aggro mirrors, so instead of going bigger, you just gained back some of your life when you'd make all your trades. Yeah, I liked it. In, I like it, still like it in popper cube, but not not as much for regular. Mm-hmm. Sort of body in mind with oh. uh, lesser cutting cards for uh, various too good or those kinds of purposes, or I don't like having all the swords or you know those or, or whatever. I don't think it really matters honestly. Like, just in there. Yeah. Uh, Tumble Magnet 
while good and standard, the, having encounters on it just ruins it. And when you have when you have it next to alongside things like uh, ice manipulator or uh, sword, or sword. <laughs> I mean, it's not not bad as like like I guess as like a kind of curve topper to I don't know. Nope. I guess. Uh, nope. No, <laughs> I'm not buying it. That's the only good use of it. I'd rather play a Ring of Gix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that just, no. <laughs> like Grumpy Cat or something. It's like, no. No. <laughs> I, saw, I saw one recently, and I think I actually might have shared it on uh, on the Facebook. Of uh, It's got a picture of, like, uh DiCaprio and uh, what's her name from Titanic? Oh, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, and it's like you know them on the back of the boat with her like you know arms outstretched, and you know there's a picture of Grumpy kind of underneath that says Pusher. <laughs> so, oh, I'm a fan of that one. Grumpy Cat's pretty sweet. Uh, let's yeah. see, Venser the Sojourner. Uh, uh, so Blue White Venser Planeswalker has been pretty good, um, especially if you're. Uh, like the tempo decks, like the Bant tempo decks, or the uh, the Bant blink decks. That is uh, like I guess in the more bl- more tempo decks as well. It's minus ability is actually re- yes. quite strong there too. Yes. I'm right now. I right now have it out for Sphinx's Revelation, and I could go either way, honestly. Sure, I've actually just added Sphinx's Revelation to try it out. So nice. I managed to, to uh, procure a foil one for a very good price, so... I got a, uh... Black-bordered Kurt Ape. Ooh. Two dollars. Or is a Black-bordered German. It was like two bucks. Oh, thank I you. I need you to re-sign this. I need you to sign this one now. Oh, right, right, right. Always two-three. Yeah. I remember people, people ask me, like, do you have it, like, errated, so it's always a two-three? And I just, like, face-palmed. I'm just like, no. I'm like, it's... It's always two three. It's always a two three. This guy is a one one. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, no. Always two three. Uh, Volition reigns. Uh, no, we even though I can get anything, it's just too expensive. Yeah, I'd rather have confiscate. Right, exactly, and that says something. Uh, and then worm coil engine, which is uh, has been a very fine addition. Yeah, worm coils uh, been pretty insane. As much Most as I, even though I did give, uh, even though I did give the magic box a shout out, I have to give them a slight, slight anti shout out. Oh, yeah, a little, little anti shout <laughs> because like they did a crack a pack, and I forget who. I think it might have been Kyle who said like, or maybe TSG said they would play it in any deck. I remember being in like the comments like, I was like there was no way I'd play this in like an aggro deck, and I, w- I wouldn't play a worm quill engine in an aggro deck for sure. I mean, it depends on what kind of aggro deck, but I could certainly. It's not going in like my top of you know where the top of my curve is five. Yeah, it's just, I don't even know, you know if like I want a low it land special like a fifteen land special. There's I don't no know way. I really want it as a curve topper either, honestly. Like, but like know. I've I've certainly played things like uh, Rurik's Blade Wing as a curve topper or yeah. well, dude, dude, dude has haste. Those have haste. Like, but this guy he doesn't really impact the board. At least in the contributing to damage, you know what I mean, that turn. Uh, like, Frost Titan, I could definitely, like, I've done that, where I've played, like, Frost Titan as my curve topper kind of thing. I don't know. Like, obviously, Worm Coil Engine's insane. I'm just... Yeah, all right, all right. It's card that needs to be in your cube as one of your 
your big uh, creature targets. And then I know a lot of people have had some have had success. I don't do this, uh, but using uh, the scars, uh, you know, first three lands you play in the aggressive color combinations. So they're playing the the green, red, and the black, red ones. Basically. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, green, white. I haven't, I haven't done that, but. I can see it, but I feel like I'm at a good place with my lands. Like, I feel like I have enough fixing to make things work, but not so much that you can just auto-jam, like, the four- and five-color specials all the time. Yeah, which is kind of what happened at the Moto Cube. And yes. It's like they went the other way, and ironically, they don't have the... I don't know if it's ironically. Who cares? But it, they, strangely, there we go, don't have the uh, Scars lands, but they have, like most of the cycles under the sun. Right. Including the Mirage fetches, which... Right. Uh, yeah, gross. A little like... Mm. Yeah, th- those are kind of gross for sure. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for Scars. Let's, uh... I mean, that's a fair amount of cards, right? I mean, that's yeah. got... Actually, Artifacts, you know, like... I remember Artifact section getting a huge overhaul. Right. For Staples, like, that's quite a few. The funny thing about Worm Coil, by the way, I forgot to mention... Um, and also, that was just, you know, I still absolutely love the Magic Box, by the way. I just had to give him a little trouble. But remember when it got spoiled, it was a Chinese foil that was scanned? Right. And it was like, you get the lifelink when it dies. You get the lifelink or the death touch. And I was like, this guy is really good. And then you got both. I was like, this guy is really good. <laughs> it didn't really as, matter. As it turns out, this guy is sick. I think most of the time I would just choose a lifelink if there was that choice, but now I don't have to make that choice. I don't have to think. Right. It's like when you're opening a pack, a cube pack, and you're just like, okay. Like, the fun part is, like, you have to actually think when you're looking at the first, like, seven cards, and you see that's like, oh, thought. Right. Oops. Uh-oh, the cat. Cat-like typing detected. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were typing to say, like, Hey, we've been recording for however long. And then I just was like, oh yeah, we have been recording for a while. Yes, we That's have. It. Let's trudging forward. Reckless charge. Mirrored and besieged. Once again, we got, uh, we got some good ones out of Mirrored and besieged as well. Uh, a yeah, quarter paladin. That set was really good for cube for such a yeah. small set. A quarter paladin is sweet. It's been yeah. a nice addition to the, to the white decks, even though it's a little on the fragile side. Uh, itself. Uh, still attacks for three. Still attacks for three and helps your other guys attack for more, so it's game. I remember uh, talking about that guy. Black Sun Zenith is a is a nice welcome uh, sweeper. I I remember people I remember being people were being really enthused about Black Sun Zenith, but I ended up just not being really big on it. Like it's kind of a nombo with your big dudes. It seemed like like. It seemed like a lot of the times it giving minus X counters instead of just giving minus X, minus X was just like... Right, for the turn big. or whatever. Yeah, it's just like, I'm going to... Like, if you have a persecutor out, and you go like, I'll give my guys minus uh, minus X counters, minus four counters, and you're like, well, I guess I have a 2-2 now. Cool. But you know, sometimes you just have to kill everything. Yeah. I mean, um, it's nice that you can just, like, do it for one and then just, like hit their board for a bunch of guys, but even though then it just felt so bad. I was just like, mm-hmm. my guy, my big guys are getting weak. Yeah, I mean, I still dig it. I still run it. Um, my cube's a little larger, so I, I certainly still enjoy having it as a sweeper. I certainly like it more than uh, Barter and Blood. Yeah. Do you like it more than Decree of Pain? 
Uh, yeah, I don't run Degree of Pain. But I run this one. Yeah, that works. Because it gives you a chance also to uh, to ding some tokens out of the way for a low cost. Yeah. Which I kind of which I kind of dig, but yeah, I, I I prefer it still to Degree of Pain. So you said you dig digging, ding you dig dinging some tokens. Yes. <laughs> there we go. That is what I said. In some way. <laughs> I, I think. That was, okay. Uh, Blightsteel Colossus, um, not care. a fan. Um, I don't like cards that are only good when you play them with other cards. So if it's only really good when you play it with Tinker, then it's not a card that I need or want. Yeah. It's like, and I think people sometimes get caught in the best case scenario. Like, there's somebody who's, who, who seems like really wants Emrakul in my cube, and it's just so terrible. Like, I have, Right now I'm running uh, Kozilek and Ulamog, and they're uh-huh. just, they're okay. They're not just like insane. And I tell them it's like, do you see these cards doing a lot? Like how hard? How often do you see these cards get hard cast or even like show and tell? And I'm like, imagine that with four more mana. Right, like, and you no. just have to jam as many of the in order to make a card like that work. You just have to run all of the the big cheats in the play, right? Or even like the big mana facts, like the Thran Dynamos and. Right, the rocks that make three, basically. Yeah. By the way, but, it's a uh, not not really a scars card, but it was printed in the original Mirrodin. Became a big fan of Gilded Lotus. Yes, I I've always loved the Gilded Lotus. I mean, we always joke around about it being spinach for your mana base. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that, but yeah, yeah, because that's what happens. And usually, <laughs> you have a three mana spell in hand. There's like oh, right. oh, and it's like okay, forbid. Yeah, you're just like, all right, well, yeah, I spent five mana for this, but I really only spent two mana, mm-hmm. and it's lots of colors, which is really important, so. Yeah. Colors are good, colors are good. Uh, a card that was in my cube and left for being disappointing, Bone Horde. Yeah, I loved Bone Horde. Like, I love Living Weapon, I still love that mechanic, but. They were getting yeah, blown so. out by that, uh, it was at the, uh. It was at the first invitation where we met up. What was that? Some was it? Was it Memphis or Nashville? Uh, Nashville or Indy? Uh, I think. I think it was Nashville. I think. Yeah, I think it was Nashville. I think. But like, somebody blew me out with like, I had a pretty decent board state, and he had a Frixie or a Mirren Crusader, and he was just like, "Play Bone Horde, put this on here, attack, and kill you." I was like, "Oh, guess I'm dead now." <laughs> all right. Well, all right then. Yeah, as it turns out, it just the the format and cost and all that other stuff just wound up being a bit a bit on the high side. And I think I just uh, didn't, the fact that you couldn't. I think I would like it more if it gave plus O plus one because then you could just like play it out. But there were a lot of times when it just there were no creatures in the graveyard, and it's like, well, I could play this for four mana and have it do nothing, right? And it yeah it was yeah no. Yeah, it just wound up being a little too on the awkward side. What's not awkward is Consecrated Sphinx. Oh, wow. Yeah, we... I remember... I, I was not... I don't think I was too hot on this one. The I, notes I for the I, show notes uh, that we had back then... I missed the boat on this one a little bit, I think. The, the thing we said for Consecrated Sphinx was multiplayer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> it is insane in multiplayer. Yeah, multiplayer is ridiculous. Out, cards uh, pretty good in uh, 1v1 as well. I forget so. when I made that analogy, but I think I compared it to a thieving magpie that always gets in there, always draws you two cards. 
Yeah, good lord. And it stops so many other shenanigans, too. Yeah. Nice, and it's Protection uh, versus Notion Thief. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Notion Thief this bro. Right. Better discard that to your force of will. Yeah. And didn't so, Lauren say that, too? He's like, well, worst case scenario, I just pitch it a force of will. Right. Nice. <laughs> best case scenario, we fight for one somebody. Yeah, best case. Just, but, yeah, I was... I remember being hesitant on this. I was like, well, I think I like uh, Kega more... I like Sphinx more. I definitely like Consecrated Sphinx more than Kega. Uh, I I think it might be on my favorite blue six. Well, maybe. Aetherling is definitely getting some love. Well, it's a seven drop. Never mind. Hi, man. But yeah, definitely it's a, it definitely one of the, the best blue six mana finishers for sure. Yep. Yep. I've been very impressed with it. And I you... can remember the day I finally found the foil one to trade for. Oh, wow. That, that's, I bet that looks beautiful. Like, those oranges probably look great in that. Is it yep. foil? Yep, yep. Nice. Okay. All right, Contested Warzone. Yeah. Uh, sweeten the uh, Affinity style deck and Constructed, not so much. Uh, Glissa the Traitor was a card, because it was one of the promos. So this yeah. was a card that got talked about a lot. Um, and I think I remember saying that the card was good, but the mana cost is real rough. Yeah, that mana cost is rough. Uh, but you could certainly kind of put it into an, a, an a, a more, at the time, into a more aggressive section, and then you would get randomly get some interactions. But I, I felt like the, the rest of it was a, a little too much like flavor text. Yeah. <laughs> that that actually brings something. What did it do? Get back an artifact when something died? Yeah, you could, when you would hit them with it, you could regrow an artifact. Oh, boy. So that's my uh, reaction. Oh boy! And you know the, the the card saw some saw some play. Um, the card saw some play when uh used to play like Perilous Mirror and things like that. Yeah, whenever a creature, whenever a creature an opponent control dies, you may return target artifact from your graveyard. Oh, to your it's hand. opponent. It's not even your own, so you can't just like loop. Oh. Right. Boo. But you could, but the, the loop was is that you could gun them with like a perilous mirror. Oh. So you could use, sacrifice your perilous mirror to kill one of their guys and get it back and do it again. But you it's still like have a, to recast it. You know, it's like a mortar pod or something. Right, it doesn't come back into play on its own. You still have to recast it or whatever. But yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, go for the throat. Super solid. Still my cube. Yeah. Probably be around for a while. Uh. I think a lot of these cards, a lot of these two-mana Doomblade variants have pushed uh, Terror out of a lot of cubes. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of sad, but, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, uh, Green Sun Zenith. Yeah, I remember we were not super thrilled with this card, but I became a pretty big fan over time. I only recently added it, you know, in the past year or so. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen some action or whatever, but... Um, I, since I'm pushing a little bit of a ramp strategy now, I wanted to make sure it's in there. So you just have something else to do with all your mana to go yeah. get one of your, uh, one of your bombs. So. I mean, if, like, I, I, I like how it's like worst case, like worst case scenario, rampant growth. And then right. it's like worst, it, and it, it shuffles itself too, which is pretty sweet. It makes, uh-huh. I don't know if it matters mathematically, but it makes people more willing to do it because well, they can it matters, it matters when you have, you know, like, Stuff like scroll rack and things like that in your deck. 
Yeah, or like uh, a mystical tutor or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been a fan. Or I yeah was lukewarm, but yeah definitely became a fan. All right, the heroes, Blade yeah. and Oxid Rage, both fine fine additions to cubes. Speaking of the hero, so which do you like better, Hero of Oxid Rage or Hellrider? Uh, sure. Huh. Yeah, I was actually just thinking that too, and I just went did that myself. I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure I like Hellrider better. But yeah. I think it's situational. Obviously. I, like build, I think this actually happened when I was building that red duck. I think I had Hero and uh, Hellrider, and I forget. I was thinking, like, which one of these is better? I'm like, uh, Brain shutting down. Don't know. I feel like it's likely uh, Hellrider against all but the mid-range green decks. Yeah. Because with the mid-range green decks, I think you want your guys to be bigger so you can trade up in combat. Yeah, but I, you can always just be able to actually officially get all that damage through, uh, like jump, skipping combat, and or basically in order to do all those ones, all the dings. I think is is stronger than adding the point of power to all your guys, or even just like powering through. Just like you're at ten, or you're at five. Oh, you're dead now. So right. My team now. I just have dudes. Very yeah, here, both heroes are just really good. I, I, They're both just, like, really good curve toppers. Just, yeah, big fan. Hero is just, like, if you let that thing live, it's... I think I remember being pretty happy about both of them and still very happy. Yep. Yeah, Hero of Bladehold is the better of the two, personally. But it just, you know, can impact the game more quickly if left to its own devices. Man, imagine if there was a green hero. Oh my god. That would be beautiful. Or it can be, yeah, it could be a green one, it can be like the stoner one, it could be hero of Bongload. <laughs> stoner. Huh? Hey huh? man. I'm a hero. Green man. I'm a hero or something. It just can't ever attack. Too lazy. Eh. You have to like you have to sacrifice a forest. You have to smoke a tree in order to get it to, uh, in order to, get it to do anything to attack. There you go. <laughs> it won't go. Well, it won't come out of your hand. You have to sacrifice a forest to cast it because it won't come out of the house unless it's had a hit. Uh oh. I like it. I like That'd it. be really good in order to have that drawback. Ah. It'd be a random five or six power enormous thing. Uh, Ink Moth Nexus. No. Uh, not so much. Once again, the, the poison thing, not a great way to go with a limited environment like this. It, it really needs pants to be good, unlike, like, a Mistress Factory or something. It really needs pants. And even then, that's really situational. Yep. I think I'd rather yep. have Blink Moth Nexus. Uh, Massacre Worm. This guy ended up being not bad. I, I still don't run this guy. Um... And perhaps it's it's to my own detriment, but I don't know. I besides never having a foil one, I, I've never really pursued this one too much. I need uh, to like mentally like get like Justin Parnell in here somehow. <laughs> Justin, do the fuck. Oh yeah, those those yeah. We, there's a couple of cards in this list. Uh, actually, one of the ones we're going to talk about real soon. Those uh, Mid Atlantic guys love 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 yeah, love. Worm is I, I've been a fan of. It. I think I. 
like I'm working a lot with black. Like surprise, there are a lot of options, and I think I just don't have massacre worm in just to try stuff out. But I've been been a big fan, like especially as a curve topper. Like you want a curve topper, like I think there was somebody who built like a black white aggro deck, and it was like going worm coil engine or massacre worm, and being like, I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm gonna go put massacre worm in. I'm just like, no, or put in worm coil. I'm like, no. Don't do that. It's bad. You're being bad. No, and it gives you, and, and I like the fact that it gives you a little bit of extra reach because you just can't afford to have guys die too often. Yeah, it's like, and making their guys smaller too is pretty sweet too. Yep. I, I mean, it's it's like it's definitely no Elishorn, but Elishorn's dumb. You think right. so? More on that at eleven. Yeah, more on that. Uh, let's see, uh, Mirren Crusader. You know, double strike, double protection. What's not to like? Yeah, especially at the three drop slot because threes are it's my least favorite mana cost in cube. Yeah, they seem a lot weaker than twos and fours. Right. This guy, however, especially with pants. Oh yeah, you get pants on this guy. Oh my god, that guy's absurd of pants. This is our pants episode. Speaking of pants, and speaking of the mid Atlantic guys, mortar pod. Yeah. I yeah. know uh, Parnell loves him a mortar pod. Um, I don't run it. I am not that impressed with it, but it's not bad. Like it's better I, than I'm I sure thought. I'm sure it's fine. I, it's a lot better than I thought. Like I thought it was just trash, and it's not bad. Like I just don't have it because my artifacts are super tight. But I, I certainly uh, learned the value of mortar pod during constructed season, playing against the zombie deck with yeah. uh, blood artist. Oh yeah, yeah. That adds up quick. I ended up getting a foil of it for, like, I don't know, like, 75 cents or so. That's nice. I was like, yeah. And it's a nice, like, I don't think I'd play it in aggro decks, but, like, it's a nice, like, roadblock in, like, the slower decks. Like, it's kind of maybe a little bit like Tri-Belder. It's just, like, kind of hangs out there, chump blocks, and then just, like, does something. Sure. But obviously, it's no Steve, but, you know, what what is? No, but what is, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's skip a couple of these. Uh... We'll skip past Norok Commando, skip yeah. past Frixian Crusader. Um, but Frixian Revoker is a card that I've been real happy with. Yeah. Uh, I'm on that You're Doing It Wrong episode. I remember we were talking about Pithing Needle and not being a big fan of it. I'm still not really super huge on it, but Frixian yeah, Revoker I'm a big fan of because it's, it's on a dude. Right. It's on a stick. You it's have, on, it's it a does, two. It does. And it shuts down there. Uh, I've gotten so many people who run the turn two Signet. Uh, and they need that third mana to then keep going, or the fourth mana the following turn, and you're just like, Revoker, naming that thing. They're like, well, go. It's like, well, I guess I'm dead. It's funny, like, a lot of these anti-Jace cards, like uh, Hero, Phyrexian Revoker, and Thrun, they're all, like, specifically supposed to be against Jace. They did nothing against Jace, but they were all really good cube cards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's whenever they try to print specific. If they we've learned anything, whenever they try to print very specific answers for cards, it's just uh, it just never works out. Either or they too come, la- it's either yeah too late, too late, or not good enough. Or, yeah, you know, too narrow. For example, got- like uh, even most recently, I would say that uh, Torpor Orb was one of those. I felt like it was very much designed with Stoneforge Mystic in mind, except yeah. that, you know, you, could, you couldn't you could get, unless you were on the play, you couldn't get it in before Stoneforge hit anyway. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the card just did nothing if you did it afterwards. If it, like, cantripped or something like a uh, Sabo's Web, maybe, mm-hmm. you'd have some, uh, at least get some action on it by cycling it. But, yep, not not so much, not so much. Uh, let's see here. Red Sun Zenith, we've... No. No. Sphere of the Suns, we're yeah. just like, you know... I'll take any, any signet or talisman over I that. I guess thing. it's for, like, I've ever seen people who don't run signets liking it because, like, it's a mana rock, but even still, A, just, A, don't do that. B, uh, I mean, I guess, like, I, I'm, I'd rather have this in, like, Felbar Stone. Sure. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'd rather have two mana rocks. Also, I'd rather have two mana rocks than three mana rocks, but we have plenty of two mana rocks available to us that are better than this card, so... Yeah. It, uh, uh... What are we doing here? It, no. Sword of Feast and Famine, which uh, some people may disagree with me, but I actually think is probably the second best sword. Agreed. Um, and I think we've, I've been meaning to put a poll on the blog about ranking the swords. I think this episode is going to make me do it. So nice. probably on the blog, whenever my computer doesn't hate me, I'm going, probably when I'm editing this, I'll probably put the blog, like, rank the swords. And I I still don't know how I would rank them. Probably, I don't think we really have t- enough time to really go into a deep conversation about nope. it. Nope, but, but maybe we'll earmark that for a future discussion, maybe next episode when we get the poll results. Yeah, but yeah, Sword Feast of Fame is in- ridiculous. I think, I think we, I think we just, I, I don't know how much we thought it was going to be really good, but I think I was just like, it's a sword, it's an auto-include. Right. And then eventually, it's just like War and Peace, where we knew it was going to be good because of the sword, and then seeing just how good it was. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really good. Yeah, I think I think with that one, people just underestimate how valuable untapping all your lands are, is, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas. Um, I happen to really like this card, but I also like pushing... Uh, including cards for the artifact deck to come together, but I could certainly see not playing it if you don't want to go that way. However, I do think blue black's a little on the soft side as far as guilds go. Right now, I think right now I have like a three card rotating cast, and like one of them's out. It's between like uh, far away, uh, far away. What's that? Elfal Strikes? No, no, that guy's pretty solidly in there. In that, so it's. Far away, what's like a Dustmail Seer and Tezzeret. And right now Tezzeret's out. But I don't know, I could, it's another one of those I could just go either way. I think Ross, my friend Ross, uh, Ross Koblenz, shout out to that guy by the way. His favorite card ever is apparently Far Away. And like I told him, I think it was played in Modern or Legacy. I'm like, this card's played in Legacy. He's like, oh my god, I died. <laughs> but yeah, like turning, you know, just being able to, it usually cantrips in the right decks when it plus ones. Sure. And then just, yeah. like, being able to turn just, like, a random, I don't know, some stupid signal that's doing nothing. It's like, okay, it's a 5-5 five five now. Right, and also the uh, the uh, ultimate is surprisingly easy to get to. Yeah. And, and, and does can do a fair amount of work in a, in a hurry. So that's also uh, a consideration. Uh, Thrun, we should all know that Thrunzy is pretty sweet. Really good with pants. Another card that's really good with pants. Yeah, luckily he's uh, he's a four four, hex proof. <laughs> he's uh, pretty good. Um, see, so yeah, you should include that guy. 
that's it for Mirrodin Besieged. Yeah, a lot of punch uh, for a small uh, set. What's that? I said a lot of punch for a small set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we get New Phyrexia, um, which, you know, some, some people, there was some talk of active aggression when it first came out, because you could play it in any color, yeah. and it's instant. But, I mean, how many threatens do we really need? Probably not many, Zealous especially Con- now that we have uh, Zealous Conscripts. Yeah. We, the active aggression just completely unnecessary. Batter Skull, yada, yada, yada. Uh, crack a pack, the crack a pack invitational card. Right, right, right. <laughs> Every single time it's like, eh, oh, there's a Batter Skull. Uh, Beast Within was a card that generated a lot of discussion because uh, green uh, Vindicates are pretty good, especially at instant speed. But uh, we've kind of learned after trying it, I, at least I learned after trying it for a while, that the the 3-3 was actually a real drawback. I remember when it first got spoiled, everybody was kind of gushing about it, and now it's kind of lukewarm on it. And then I think I tried to convince myself that it was good. I thought, like, well, maybe everybody's right, and this card is good. And I remember thinking, like, this drawback's awful. Like, this 3-3 is going to be annoying. And then I was like, well, maybe this card's okay. You know, I was like, yay, you know, it's good. And then it just, like, it just ended up doing... Not very much. Like, that drawback is actually a thing. Right. Right. For once, the drawback actually is significant. Now, certainly, is it is it better for your opponent to have an Elishnorn or better for them to have a 3-3? Well, obviously, it's better for them to have a 3-3. However, it's hard sometimes to aggressively use this um, to remove things like blockers, uh, get people, stick, stick people on their lands. Because sometimes, like, when you're doing those sort of strategies you're the aggressive deck, and giving them a, a 3-3 blocker or a 3-3 creature is actually, uh, it kind of sucks. It's okay. kind of, I guess it's better in, like, the mono ramp kind sure, of You just get to hold on to it until you're ready to deal with, you know, get something out of the way that you can't deal with. Yeah, and I guess in those scenarios, it's like, you kill whatever matters, and you have, like, stuff that can easily block it. Right. But, yeah, I, I'm, I remember... Yeah, I I don't know. I think if I was pushing ramp more, I think I would like it more. But I don't know. I think it, I think it was way overrated when it came out. Way overrated. Certainly was, and I I I kind of remember saying that that I didn't like it as much as some people did. But I might be making that up. But I kind of remember being lukewarm on it. Yeah. Let's see what else we have here. Birthing pod. That was another. Uh, I remember being very lukewarm about this. I'm like, what does this even do? Like, what? <laughs> I, I've just recently added it, uh, and hasn't seen a whole lot of action yet, but uh, the one thing that's nice about it is it doesn't require a whole lot of building around. You can just kind of make a green deck. And yeah. uh, I remember seeing some people complaining about it, like, maybe on some forums or something, like, well, how do you build a birthing pod deck? Like, how can you take advantage of it? Like, you, you make a deck. You make a mid-range deck. Right, like your mid-range deck. Like, this is just a value card, so you don't have to cast spells. Yeah, or just, like, a bunch of ETB things. It was, like, not... As long as you have, like, a functioning chain, it's not hard. Like... Right, and anytime you get a card like Kitchen Finks in there, too, where you're just, like, oh. getting a free a free four-drop or whatever, you know, it's it's always nice. That's so. ridiculous. Or a messenger, oh. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, let's see, Blade Splicer. Card that turned out better than I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, I think this was one we were kind of eh on, or maybe slightly positive. I know we weren't, we would never, I don't, I'm pretty sure we didn't say this was bad, but I think I remember being like, it's alright, not bad. They ended up being really good. Right, yeah, as it turns out, it just fits in a, in a nice spot. Uh, once again, uh, three just being that awkward cost, um, getting four mana, four power for three mana, um, while having some residual blink shenanigans and things like that, uh, just turns out, just puts, puts you in a nice place. I remember somebody being like, uh, yeah, this is pretty much trained Armadon, and I was just like, I don't know, like, like that, again, like Grumpy Cat, like, no. <laughs> no, that is definitely not Chained Armadon. Like, mm-hmm. it being on a body is definitely, like, being able to recur the, the the card itself is really good, too. Just, like, the the 1-1. One, one. Right. And even if they kill the 3-3, the three, three, again, it, the 1-1 one, one wears pants. Right. I'll always hold, uh, can always buckle on some pants. <laughs> and also refresh your, uh, you know, if it gets playing or if it goes away and comes back. Yeah, uh, the right. Exarchs, I was never a big fan of any of the Exarchs. Yeah. Um, Deceiver is Deceiver is actually an okay card on its own um, in control decks because it's a card that can buy you some time. I mean, four powers or four toughness is really big. Um, the Flash and Tabin creature can definitely save you some time as well. But ultimately, unless you're pushing something like Splinter Twin Kiki Jiki, I, I just don't think it's necessary. I'd rather have Pestermite, honestly. And, Pestermite uh, at least has aggressive body, like right. And, and Brutalizer, Exarch, and some of the other ones. And it's I, like I think I really, I really wanted one. Brutalizer to be good, just because it was like oh, six mana was thin, really thin for a while, and I think I really wanted it to be good. But ugh, I think it's just the body is terrible. Right. Get, put on a put on a four four. We might be talking three three. Ugh. No. No way. Not, not so much. Uh, despise, you know. Shrug. Yep, a big meh. Um, definitely down on that list behind, like, you know, Inquisition of Kozilek and Duress and Thoughtseize and lots of that, you know, lots of other one-drop black discard spells that are better. Uh, Dismember, which is oh. fun. Yeah. Which, you know, it's that was definitely... Dismember was one of those cards that made everybody complain about Frixian Mana. Because they're yeah. like, oh, we've just given the ability to kill anything to every color. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the Frixian Mana, the five toughness was like, you know, like the four man, four toughness in the FTK era. Yep. Yep, like yep, if, yep. If you play anything that doesn't survive it, you're probably doing something wrong. Yeah, that card is, uh, card's big game. And uh, they they made a very good choice by making that a uh, F and M promo that people could get extra copies of it. So oh yeah, fancy ones. Uh, let's see here, uh, Elish Norn, a card we've already talked about. Yeah, that uh, card was a big surprise. and then we played it, and we're like, oh wow. Yeah, and that was the funny thing is, was like it was a card that was spoiled really early. It was like the first, I think it was one of the first Frixian or new Frixian cards that was spoiled, and. So many people were just, like, lukewarm about it. They are like, this looks awful. Like, for, uh, n- not much board impact, cost seven mana, uh, body's kind of bad, but, oh, my goodness. You got that thing to resolve. Suddenly, their, their board, your board becomes amazing. Their board becomes embarrassing, usually. Yeah, it definitely puts people in the hurt box. Mm-hmm. And Vigilance so. is surprisingly relevant, too. 
Yep. Well, yeah, get to attack and block. I mean, and with its ability, how is anybody going to swing through a seven toughness guy when all their guys are neg two, neg two? Mm-hmm. How is that ever going to happen? Your guys need to have death touch. Right. I, I feel the same way, you know, we had a, a conversation, you know, a few podcast backs uh, about Gazella, Blade of... Uh, oh, yeah. Whatever. That's just like if the creature sticks on the board, it's just impossible to get rid of because of the other things that it grants. And I feel like this, you know, uh, this guy definitely fits into that category that makes him, her, him, it, real tough to get rid of. So, mm-hmm. uh, Taxi and Probe, which I think is a nice card. I love this card in Constructed. Um, I recently played Storm this weekend at the uh, Nashville Open for the first time. How'd that go? It went great. It was, like, the most fun I've had playing Legacy in a really long time. And so a big part of that... Time, was, was the last time when you had that much fun was when you were playing the uh, survival deck? Maybe. Maybe. That would probably, that might be one of the last times. Because you're right. You're just like, oh, my God. Like, how am I going to... Like, there's a bunch of avenues on how to win, and it's just a matter of figuring out the puzzle to find it. But a big part of that is, is Gitaxian Probe. Because, you know, much like poker, Magic is a game of imperfect information. It's amazing how much easier magic is when you know what your opponents have in their hand. Yeah. And you're just like, well, let's take a look. Nope, you can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, got to wait one turn. Or, oh, got to spend this the rest of my hand. Or my favorite one, oh, you have three of those. I'll name it with Cabal Therapy. <laughs> you know, there's nice. uh, a few options. However, I... I think it's on the edge of being good enough for cube. I don't think it really does enough in a format where you can only have one of them. Um, so that's just my feeling about it. Um, I feel like it's just a. I feel like it's a card you want to play in multiples. It's not as strong, and just as a random one of. So, yeah. uh, hex parasite. People Man. thought it was going to be awesome against planeswalkers and such. Turned out not to be. <laughs> Being just worthless. Uh, Karn Liberated. Oh, dear. Which, uh, has become uh, another big game card from the set. Also, big money. Isn't it like $30 now? Yes, it was 40 for a while. 40 Yeah. <laughs> During the height of modern season. Wow. Yeah, you unt- Like, my favorite mode on Karn is, like... If you're able, if you're in the board position where you can play it and exile a card from their hand and they can't immediately kill it, then you're definitely in the driver's seat. Right. I mean, just, even the thing as a double vindicate is unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God forbid you ever actually get to plus him, it's game on. Like, it's yeah, especially really like rough. If you're in, like, the counter or the control mirror and they can't counter it or they can't deal with it and you just, like, play it, plus it, and then it's like, they cannot, if they can't immediately threaten, it's just like, such a beating. Oh. I'm a big fan. Yep. The yep, ultimate doesn't happen yep. too much, but when it does, well, you're probably going to win that game. Right. And once again, it's one of those things, though, that you almost have to uh, troll people to use the ultimate. Yeah. I remember there was a draft when somebody, I was just like, I was with Karn and I was just dirtling or whatever. It was like, Karn, you, get a card. And he's like, Artisan of Kozlik. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm doing this now. Right, right. All right, new plan. Yeah, it's like, plus, plus, start the game. I have a 9-8. Let the Golem win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it just got there, and I was like, wow, well, that was... 
That was, uh, yep. But most of the time, a card is just good enough on its own. And then, you know, there are certainly times where you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to restart the game and then kill them on turn two mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of the new game or whatever. Uh, let's see, Molten Steel Dragon. Are you uh, a big fan of this? I think I was... I, I like it. I like it still. Um, it doesn't see enough... It doesn't see as much play as I thought it would. Um, because people have a little bit of the fear when it comes to this card that they're yeah. not willing to, to actually move in on it. Because they just yep. always assume that someone has a removal. Which, people you tend know, to have fear a lot, and I think that's something... A lot. I, I, and I've been meaning to do an article about that, like, just about fear... Even in, like, evaluation, like, like people are, even with, like, evaluating cards aren't being, like, I don't want to put step links in my aggro deck, and, like, because I don't have fetch right. lands. Like, you have lands, right? Like, yeah. It's like, okay. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, but, yeah, definitely, um, I think I had it in for a little while and then ended up cutting it, but I think it's still well, fine. Right, and what the thing is, and I think the, the biggest issue is that there's a lot of really good red fours, too. Yeah. The thing is, this guy doesn't have to be a red for, and I rarely see people in other colors taken. I think people get a little color-blinded by the red border. Yeah, I think if I was in a white aggro deck, like, I could see myself playing it, or a black aggro deck. I could probably see myself doing that. Sure. And I like them. I still take them. And most of the time, let's face it, most of the time he just dies right away, so you Mm. don't have to wait for it. Because, you know, if People, you know, you put yourself at risk if you try to be tricky about it and wait till they, you know, wait till they do something first. Because you might just die. Like, they might just have the answer to your spell and you might just die. Like, they could be like, all right, attack you with it. And you have the removal spell and you're like, all right, no responses. And they're like, pump, 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 pump. Mm-hmm. And like, all right, remove it. And they're like, oh, vines of Vastwood, you're dead, idiot. Like, or, you know, or... Hey, they're, they happen to have a light touch of blue in their deck, and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to leak you. You know what I mean? There, there's a lot of ways you can just get yourself in trouble. So most of the time I find that something's dying when it hits play, either it or your opponent, pretty quickly. And I kind of dig that for a card. I like, I like cards that create tension that they have to be dealt with very soon, or else, mm-hmm. or else you did. Uh, Noxious Revival? Ended up being not bad. I think I've actually been considering putting it back in my cube, actually, but not good. Yeah, it's a solid role player. I think it picks up it picks up value if you uh, support Reanimator heavily, because it gives you kind of just a free answer. That's true. Um, also, real good as a way to make sure um, you're always getting the cards you need. You know, if you're playing things like Gifts Ungiven, uh, Intuition, things like that, you can always get multiple pieces basically out of what you get. Uh, which, by the way, Pat Chapin posted a little bit earlier tonight of, oh, all right, yeah. uh, I'm going to intuition for Light from the Loam, Thespian Stage, and Dark Depths. What would you like me to have? <laughs> wow. So I like it. Uh, Phyrexian Metamorph, absolutely. You should be playing it. Clone for every color. Clones their swords, too. Yeah. Yeah, the ability to hit artifacts is surprisingly relevant. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Friction Obliterator, not so much unless you jam the mono black. Uh, uh, if, you, if you push mono black, it certainly has a lot of value. This card is, this card is big game. 
However, it also costs... So, kind of hard to cast sometimes. Did you just say... Yeah, it costs... So, not the easiest easiest thing to cast. I mean, it's much different than, like, Giroff's Messenger, for example. Yeah, That card is reasonably play on turn three or four. Or maybe not four, four, possibly five. And the card's still going to have a lot of value. Winner. Unless you're super heavy black, you might not ever get four black. Yeah. Now you turn 12. All right, the difference between three of a color and four of a color, I think, is actually uh, quite high. Yeah. And I think if I was to have, like, I think I'd rather, honestly, have cards like Cryptcast that are playable more often. I guess it's one of those things where it's, like, one of those cards that, I guess, rewards you for being in that, but Mm -hmm. it's probably going to get taken either very late slash never or probably early in the, like, P2 or P3 or whatever. And that might be interesting. I just don't. I don't know. I don't have room for that. Right, right. Not uh, not something I can mess around. Want to mess around with too much? Uh, Porcelain Legionnaire, fine addition to aggressive decks. Uh, as it turns out, three one first strikers for two man are pretty good. Yeah, and there's some flavor text about losing two life or something, and like paying with white mana. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever. Mostly right. Most mostly flavor text. Mostly <laughs> relevant. Uh. What else we have here? Uh, pristine Talisman. I know some people have had a lot of luck and have liked Pristine Talisman. I love it. Uh, Common the control decks. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think it maybe. It feels like on the outside looking in, like it feels like at least in bigger cubes like Moto Cube, especially like where they have this like a ton of ramp artifacts like Pristine Talisman, Warm Power Stone, Palladium Mirror, uh, Thran Dynamo. Every, you know, it's like every mana rock under the sun that's not mm-hmm. a signet. It's just like. Well, yeah, I guess it helps, especially if you're just like, you know, I don't know how how good it really is against the aggro decks. Even like you'll probably gain some life. I don't know. I love it again. Yeah, love it in common cube. Not not really a big fan. Or as soon as it was spoiled, I'm like, I'm putting this in my common cube, and everybody else is like, no, this sucks. I'm like, no, it's actually pretty good. It's yeah, pretty in regular good cube that, though. That situation. Yeah. Uh, Shouldred. Oh, sorry. Shouldred. I like that. Some flavor. That was a card I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't super big on, but became a fan of. Yeah, it's one of those. Now you know. I, I'm looking at. Actually, it's funny as we're as we're doing this podcast. I'm looking and seeing what I can get a hold of a uh, foil massacre worm for. Um, you know. It's a card that I just uh, it's just a, always a little bit on the expensive side for me. Get and one of those uh, get one of those ugly pre-release ones. Yeah, yeah, I mean I mean expensive like mana wise too. Oh, I thought you meant that. <laughs> like No, no, no. I I have one of those pre-release ones laying around somewhere. How much are those? Aren't they like a couple bucks? I mean a, a non-zero amount. Well, yeah. Unless you're like, unless you're like me and just like thanks people for cards. Like, the 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 pre-release promo ones are you know a few bucks maybe. Yeah. Maybe two three bucks. So they're they're pretty cheap. Um, just kind of expensive for me, uh, mana wise for me to want to include it. Uh, Shrines. I have become a. I was. I've become a very big proponent of the Burning Rage and have tried to spread the gospel on Burning Rage. Yeah, that was a card, and that's a card people definitely have fear of. Like, oh my god, I'm a hard, I'm gonna top deck this, and it's gonna be bad. Like, yeah, 
oh, no, they're just going to blow it up before I get to do something with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah, your Jackal Pups are doing, your, or your Rockdose Cackler is doing a lot on turn five. Right. <laughs> Alternatively, you just kill people with this card a lot. It's just mm-hmm. a ticking time bomb. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. It's just a, yeah, it's pretty much just a ticking time bomb. It's like, well, you can't deal with this now. You're probably dying. Right. That gets extra ticks for all the things that you want to be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you said, uh, I think we probably said on one of the episodes, like, set it and forget it, like the, the Ron Yeah, Bill. like the Showtime Grill. Showtime <laughs> Rotisserie. We're being shocked that it was apparently good. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I think it's sweet. I'm so shocked. Because I forgot yeah, awesome. about it. It is awesome. Which, by the way, public service announcement number two, kitten poop smells real bad. <laughs> that is all. Oh. Real bad. Oh, so kitten teeth. Public announcement and service announcement number three. <laughs> kitten teeth hurt when clamped on toe. Thank Ow. Jeez. I made the mistake of wiggling my toe as he was walking by. No. He showed me what for. <laughs> oh, that's a bad cat. Uh, let's see. Uh, Spellskite. One of my favorite cards, underrated cards from this set. Yeah, I remember uh, you were a big fan of this. See a lot of play now in modern. Oh, yeah. That's true. Try to kill my stuff, eh? Uh, try to put enchantments on your slippery boggle, eh? <laughs> wow. I like you that. You put enchantments on my spellskite? Sure. I've seen some people majorly punt, like, on streams, like, playing into that and not realizing that they can just, the opponent can just do it or whatever, or vice versa. And it's always funny. Yeah. Spellskate's been real nice. And the other, like I said, the other hidden thing to go with our pants theme, it's not a defender. Ah, uh, yeah. Wasn't that a thing in standard? Yep. Because it would hold the sword. It's like Sword of Feast and Famine. Go. On a 2-6. Good luck blocking this guy. Or, I mean, I guess, right. I guess you can't yeah. block it. It's just not going to do much. Like, it's not going to die. Dying. Yeah, I've been a big fan of it. It's a nice defensive creature. Uh, I remember you making the analogy on the podcast, like, kind of like Coalition Honor Guard, but way better. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's a flag bearer, for sure. Um, but, you know, things don't have to target it. Yeah. It's like, you want to kill it? Or you want to kill me? got to kill this guy first. Right, right, right. You have to go through my bro. Mm-hmm. Right. It plays bodyguard very, very well. And, uh, you know, what the other thing it does is it helps, it really does help protect your fragile creatures, your fragile utility creatures that you want to stick around. For example, yeah, yeah. a goblin welder. I was going to say, or like a master of the wild hunt or something. Right. right. It, bolt plays, it. it plays real good big brother to those, to those kinds of cards. So, what uh, sort of one horror? What's yeah. up? I said, what creature type is he? Creature horror? Um, let me think. Um, you know, that's a great question. He's probably is. Uh, Who knows? Uh, is he a... I think it is a horror. Uh, let me think. Revoker's uh, horror. Would be a, it wouldn't be a, uh, construct. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a golem or anything like that. Um, uh, yes, he is a horror. <laughs> I know Revoker's a horror. horror. So I mean, let's be fair. Have you seen his teeth? That's true. Revoker's teeth scary. are quite scary. Especially the spoil teeth. Oh, oh wow. 
Yeah, the foil teeth are frightening. I need to get him one of those in foil. That would be nice. Because I don't see that leaving my cube anytime soon. Yeah, I, 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 I picked that one up as soon as after it was released. I actually traded for it at an F&M before the day it broke out as a card in standard at one of the uh, opens, the National wow. CG opens. So I had traded for a bunch of them the night before. And I think it might have been the week or two after the set it was released. So that was the one I was fortunate to get in early on. But, yeah, but it, it re-spiked during the modern season. It was actually up to 12 or 15 at one point. And what? it's now settled back. Yeah. Huh. And it's now settled back into, like, the 7-8 range. Wow. Uh, Sword of War and Peace. Probably don't need to talk about that one. Once again. It's uh, pretty ridiculous. Put it in. Uh, Urbrask. No. Not a, a lot of people really like this card. Um, I was always of the of the feeling that five is most likely the top of your curve, so why do you need to give guys after that haste? Mm-hmm. Maybe mid-range? But even then, I don't think I really want this guy in mid-range. Right, like, he's fine. He was fine in, like, some of the uh, Wolf Run decks because oh, they yeah. play, like, your prime time and attack with it at the same turn. Yeah, get four lands. Right. Nice uh, nice card, dude. <laughs> Draw four cards. <laughs> nice super explosive veggies. Right. Nice, nice explosive... Diarrhea. Right, yeah. I was gonna, you said it, not me. <laughs> you said it, not me. Uh, vapor Snag. Uh, very pretty constructed. Kind of a... Well, unless you have a super tempo deck and... You know, Vapor Snag was good and constructed because you got to play lots of similar type effects. And, and the Snapcaster. one damage mattered. And yeah. you got Snapcaster. So you just had, like, all these ways to just keep valuing it. And uh, not so much. Uh, and then there's Whip Your Flare back and forth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, no. Relegated to Cyborg of Affinity. Or Robot not, Decks. Not a... No. no. I mean, it's... It's another pyroclasm. Sure, but you know, there are lots of better pyroclasms you can run first. I think I'd. Re- I think this is fine as a second in command. Like, like I'd rather have this in like Slagstorm or something. What about uh, the red, red, red one? Uh, flame break. Three damage. Three damage can't be prevented. Can't regenerate. Like. Three man out of three red man a lot. <laughs> it sure is. I'm just saying. It also yeah. does. Does it do three to creatures? Does it also do three to the face? Yeah. Plane break, I think, did, yeah. Like ACDC song. Like jailbreak. <laughs> Let's see here. Flame break. Three damage to each creature without flying and each player. Yeah. Can't be regenerated. Wasn't it like in the Ponza decks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Arc Slogger or whatever. Yep, yep. The other thing, too, is, uh, what's the, isn't there, like, Rough Tumble also? Yeah, I think it hits non-flyers or something. Right, well, so, I mean, so does Flame Break. So does, uh, uh, I, I don't, I'm just trying to think of how relevant hitting flyers is, or, you know, as opposed to non-artifact creatures. Yeah, I'm not sure how big non-hitting because a lot of the artifact creatures live through it anyway, like the massacres and like you can their their mirrors live through battle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even play the first pyroclasm in mine though because 
I don't either. It's more of a sideboard type card, and I don't like those kind of cards, so. Agreed. Well, that's about it, man. Yeah, that's, uh... So, yeah, those sets were... Like, Scars, like, I thought... Yeah, Mirrodin Besiege was definitely a good one. But, yeah, I thought the block overall was pretty pretty bonkers. It was, a, it was an interesting place for us to begin our podcast during that block. For sure, for sure. I'm just doing a little bit of count here. Um, looks like uh, about 12 or so cards from Scars are certainly cube uh, playable and good. Uh, Mirrodin Besiege, we're looking at uh, let's see. Once again, a double digits. Um, looking at ten or so, ten or eleven. Hmm. And uh, new Phyrexia. We're looking at let's see, uh, three, four, or five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, I mean we got we got. Ten plus cards, you know, for out of each set. I'm looking at through my white section. It looks like there's seven. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, seven white cards in my white section are just from that block, which is pretty sweet. Right. And then you know, of artifacts and yeah, artifacts are definitely insane. Um, I mean, you, you know, four pieces of equipment. Yeah, well, it, I, I don't know if stone it, it. It definitely made Stoneforge Mystic go into my cube, but I probably should have been running before, honestly, but. Yeah, really good. I don't know who it was that could have possibly have told you that. It must, uh, it must have been, must have been uh, the cat. Must have been, uh, <laughs> must so, have been uh, the cat. Cards, ah, cards pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> so, all right, man. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that'll wrap it up uh, for today, um, for this episode. Uh, let's tell them where we they can find us. Um, why don't you start? Uh, so I. Do articles every other Tuesday, uh, no longer on Monday, on StarCityGames.com. So if you go there on a Tuesday and my articles are, aren't there, just go next week. We'll oh. Probably see it there or something. Our post on Twitter about Cube, for the most part, pretty much all the time, at Usman the Red. And then there's the Cube blog, which... Uh, I keep saying this, but definitely gonna put the sword wa- uh, poll on there. But yeah, All right, cool. but yeah, on uh, I'd rather be cubing dot wordpress dot com. And yeah, I think that's it. Anything? What about uh, what about you? All right. Well, I am at Anthony forty two A N T K N E E four two on on the Twitter, on them Twitters, on the Twitter. I also write for uh, legitmtg.com. Uh, my Dragon's Maze review recently went up there, and uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you should go look at it. If for nothing else, then this sweet Photoshop. <laughs> oh yeah, the the ad, the uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So go look, go look at that. It's uh, it, it it was only can you know I conceived it in my mind, but uh, my friend Dan Noshani is is the one who truly brought it to life and uh, showed exactly. I mean, he, he couldn't have done a, a better job doing exactly what I was thinking about, so... Yeah, it was definitely good. Oh, and, uh, shout-out to, uh... Oh, did, uh... I think if, uh... And also, shout-out to, uh, Julian, to... He gave me a sweet, uh... Eldrazi frame man war. I'll put that on the blog, too. With nice. Ruby. And TJ, because he made, like, a bunch of proxies, and because he's awesome. And... Great. What else? I'm just giving shout-outs, like, great. Oh, and, uh... I don't know. 
I guess the people at Wizards Wagon who I've lately been able to cube graph with on Mondays. Awesome. Or on Tuesdays. So, like, if you live in St. Louis and you want a cube, uh, we have cubes on cube graphs on Tuesday at 7. I'm usually there. If I'm not, I'm probably late. I'll probably be there in a few minutes. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I got nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I, oh God, I played so much Magic this past weekend. I haven't played that much Magic in a 48-hour period in easily, like, five, six years. Oh, nice. I got a lot of Magic in. Ten, ten rounds of Standard on Saturday, plus a team uh, Rochester draft of uh, RGD. Oh, wow. PR. We did a six-man team Rochester draft that night, and then followed by uh, eight rounds of Legacy the next day. Was there any uh, cubing involved? No, I, there was some uh, DC tenning, but that was about it. I, what? I I was actually relevant for me to play all 18 rounds of Magic. I always loved when we would go to the events, and like you would be out like playing actual Magic, and me, me and like Zach and uh, everybody else would be just like cubing the whole time. <laughs> Right. This happened in Nashville. It's just like you're like, well, I'm gonna go play Magic, and then you came back, and it was just like the soldier coming back from the the war. Like, how'd you do? And you're like, terrible, <laughs> or something. Yeah. I did great. It's like I played Merfolk, and it's like, oh. oh god, oh that was horrible. That was Memphis. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah, horrible well, yeah, that was Magic that was. Oh, that was awful. Opens for me. Yeah. yeah, right. The, the deck was really soft. It was Merfolk, so I proceeded to play it like two of the first three rounds. Ugh. I think I did a draft open and got blown out by Blunt and Assault, and I was not Yes, Alex, I you was, were not happy about I getting clogged. I was pissed. I was so pissed. Yeah, you were not happy about that at all. No. <laughs> I was super crumpy cat. Yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, you were, for sure. Yeah. Uh-oh, my, my cat is now biting my fingers, so I think this means he needs to go eat. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's time. I think that's his, uh, his way of letting me know. That's him pushing the... He's pushing computer. up the wrap it up button. <laughs> the right, right, right. Wrap it up. Sweet. <laughs> wrap it up bite. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, look for some for, Oh no, he knocked the uh, second second uh, microphone disaster. Sorry about that. Uh oh. Hopefully they're not as obvious sounding. Will you stop playing with the cord? This is not a cat friendly toy. I'm probably just going to leave these all in. I'll probably just, like, cracking up. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, let's see. Uh, I guess we'll uh, be on the lookout for topics next time. Uh, if you guys do like this format where we kind of go back over a block or a set, uh, let us know. We, we There's certainly lots of them we can do. Um, and uh, I guess if you have stuff. any – or I guess other – like, if you want us to talk about, I don't know, individual cards. I think the best way to contact us is by Twitter, honestly. At least yep. that's the best way to contact me because I just use Twitter. Right, I, I've definitely come over to the uh, the the dark side. Nice. I do uh, I do en- enjoy Twitter. It's still a little rough to follow sometimes. Sometimes you have to chase things down the rabbit hole, but yeah. uh, I, I think it's a good way to to solicit uh, you know small ideas, you know short ideas. I guess I should say not small ideas, but yeah, 140 character ideas. I think it's uh, it works pretty well for that. And uh, one of these days, maybe this summer, now that I'm out of school and don't have to teach anymore, maybe I'll actually get that uh, third power uh, Twitter account fired up, too. Oh, yeah. I actually forgot about that. Eh, yeah. Be, that'd be nice. 
Right. We also have the show email, too, of course, which is uh, mtgthethirdpower at gmail.com. That's correct. That is, uh, that is correct. And we still get some action there as well. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see us on forums and such like that, either under uh, Usman or uh, Anthony42. So. Yeah. I also post, like, the Reddit, the Reddit uh, subforum's not bad. It uh, doesn't have a lot of activity, but it's picking up. I think it's pretty good. And I'll give a, uh, to end here, I'll give a quick little shout out to uh, forum user Revengeanceful. Um, just recently started listening to our podcast, had, had listened to, our first podcast we listened to was a couple of uh, episodes ago where we had our uh, pizza tangent and some other nice ones, and he was just like, and eh, no, it's not really for me, you guys don't really talk about enough. Um, and I said, all right, well, you know, that's fair, but why don't you listen to some more? And uh, recently came back with some feedback that he listened to the Dragon's Mess episode and uh, really enjoyed it. So I, I appreciate him giving it uh, another shot. And his, uh, his username is also a, a Strong Bad reference, which is definitely mad props. Hmm. It's an Easter egg in one of the episodes. Like, yeah. Is that where that comes from? Is the Homestar Runner? Yeah, yeah. Where they had it was like one of those emails where it's like I think it was the two year anniversary one. It's like with Easter eggs. It's like the reve- it's like Strong Bad is talking about like some things like revenge, revengeanceful. You know, it's like making fun of those like you know Sunday, Sunday, you know whatever kind of things. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could. I'll link it in the. Yeah, whatever. I'll link it. <laughs> I'll link it in the show notes. I'll probably forget. Fair enough. I'm gonna write this on my hand. Very cool. Revenge. <laughs> this is high quality. Writing on my hand. All right. There we go. High tech. High tech. That's high tech. All right. Well, I guess. Uh, I guess there's really uh, only one one more thing left to do here. That's correct. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Mirrodin Pure. Ooh, Mirrodin Pure. What is Mirrodin Pure? It's the sharpest steel is tempered in fire. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. What could have been? (laughs) What could have been? But, oh, no, the Frexians are there. Oh, no, so many Frexians. I keep waiting for the Frexians to come back again, by the way. Like. Just like I, I feel like you're just going to be like this giant troll race. But at some point in time, we're basically just going to get like Frexian Eldrazi, and then the world ends. Yeah, I can imagine. Like I've been recently thinking about it. Like, have you heard of the band Meshuga? They're like a metal band. Yeah, I know Meshuga. Yeah. Like I've recently been listening to them a little more, and I listened to one of the albums. Was like Catch Their E3 or something, and I was like, man, Meshuga are the musical soundtrack to. The Phyrexians. <laughs> it just sounds like. So, so my problem with Meshuga is that whenever I look at it, I think of the Yiddish word Meshugana. It is, yeah. It's a, it's a derivative, right? I think so. Thing. I think it means like crazy or something like that. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. Meshuga, Meshugana. So that's what I was thinking of. And I always think of like my grandmother saying that, and then like I have this disconnect between like my grandmother and like heavy metal. So there you go. Yeah, like, uh, work for me. I don't know. I'd probably, if I was to recommend a song, recommend Song Bleed. That's a good song. It has really good drumming. Actually, all their songs do. Cool. <laughs> there you go. Outstanding. Well, all right. All right. Well, it was, uh, good times. Good times. I'm going to, uh, going to go ahead and wrap it up and feed my cat before he gnaws my finger off and, uh, and get out of here. So, outstanding. 
Cool. Good talking to you again. Glad we got a chance to go through it. And uh, looking forward to hearing from more ideas from you guys uh, who are listening. So, thanks. All right. Peace out, everybody. All right. Peace.